Doesn't matter, it can't happen. Why not? It's bound to come up. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes could handle his sperm? I guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. What about her wound? Do you think it's strong enough to carry his child? Sure, why not? He's an alien, for Christ's sake. His Kryptonian biological makeup is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. If Lois gets a tan, the kid could kick right through her stomach. Only someone like Wonder Woman has a strong enough uterus to carry his kid. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Welcome, super friends, to Geek Salad episode 84, The Last Son of Krypton. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. And we are here today to talk all about the Man of Steel himself, Superman. Hey, Superman. You know what the funny thing is? It just occurred to me that um, the last time we did a, like a complete retrospective on one superhero, it was, it was the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it kind of comes back to it, you know? Wow, it does, doesn't it? we got to start talking about some Marvel heroes, too, because it's like, we've done Batman, now we've done Superman, and nobody else. <laughs> now we get plenty of superheroes. To oh, we do. Yeah. yeah. Can you do an entire episode about, like, well, I mean, we could do Superman, uh, Spider-Man. We could definitely do Spider-Man. We could do the X-Men. Technically, yeah. it's a team, but a lot of other people. Yeah, the X Men encompasses so many different characters. Well, exactly, but only the ones that aren't shitty. Sugar that, Man that, that cuts it down exactly. way exponentially. Oh, we doing the whole thing on the Wizard, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll bring up the Wizard. Don't worry. I think the Wizard has to be brought up in every single time we talk about oh, it. Just be how bad he is. Never mind you, sir. We will always talk about the wizard. Yes, it just he just runs. Every right comic, every comic, every comic group has their basically little skeletons in the closet. Exactly, ours is the wizard. <laughs> Marvels is the wizard. Well, you know, you know what they always say: if you want to have a superhero that strikes heart, the fear of men, make sure he sounds like he's taking a pee <laughs> and dressed in yellow. He yeah, exactly. He had a big yellow. He's yellow with a big yeah. On his chest. He just runs. Right he's number head. one. He's number one. Actually, he's you know number one. Actually, you know what I think he did though? I think, if memory serves, I think he, when he retired, he built Water Whiz down in the Buzzards Bay area. <laughs> so, oh god, I could be wrong though. Well, man, well, thank you, Wizard, for hijacking our Superman show. <laughs> so we have an awful lot of stuff to discuss. So let let's just get right into the origins of Superman. Uh, Superman was first published in Action Comics number one in 1938 by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yep. I actually just read a very interesting biography about like the history of Superman, mm-hmm. and um, pretty much the whole the whole thing is just supposed to encapsulate the uh, the Jewish experience in uh, growing up in America. Oh yeah, I mean he's Absolutely. the ultimate. The he's, he is the ultimate immigrant. I think also, too, I think it was a time where everybody needed someone to really look up to. Yeah. And well, they wanted to create that image. Well, you know what the funny thing is, too? Excuse me while I open up this bag of Doritos that Mike has supplied. Uh, um, 
is that the the first iteration of Superman was more of like a a bald super villain who could read minds and oh yes ends nice. up in a soup line somewhere. Yeah, it was um the terror of the Superman, I think. Oh yeah, the reign of the Superman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a short like a short story that they wrote. Yes, ironically, his um his major villain would become a bald guy. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny if all of a sudden they went back to that and all of a sudden Superman becomes evil in exactly the way they want to become, like, right out, you know, kind of comes too bold, you know? <laughs> then Lex grows his hair back again and all is forgiven. Yep. <laughs> but, um, sadly, these two really just signed away all their all the rights and likenesses and everything, so. And they're still fighting about it. They're still fighting it to this day. They're still fighting it. And I don't think they're getting any further. Nope. I think there's times they get, like, they chip away at it, like, a little piece is taken away. Okay, now we got to get the next piece. Okay, now we chipped a piece away oh. there. Now we got another piece. So it's it's going to be a constant battle. I don't think it's ever going to end in our lifetime. No. What, what ended up happening, apparently, before they died, they paid them off in one lump sum and said, never ask for anything ever again. Right. And then they, came, <laughs> and then they went and ran. And they went back and to the, ask. The problem is, these guys <laughs> were addicted to marriage. And uh, marriage, marrying barflies. Mm. Yep. But on the flip side, you know, they are eternally famous. They are. Absolutely. They are. So, uh, let, let's cover a little bit of the early media of Superman. Obviously, the comic book. Right. Obviously. Right. Where, you know, Superman was a lot like Batman, where he didn't fight superpowered villains. He'd fight union bosses and uh, corrupt politicians and gangsters with names like Spats, Mikko, oh, Tuxedo Bib. And... <laughs> and there was the occasional pre-Luthor crazy scientist. Well, there's always a mad scientist somewhere. But most of them, though, were the undercover Nazi guys, you know, during the prior to the occupation of Europe. Right. Bit of, bit of interesting fact. Um, his Superman's first, like, first real supervillain was not Lex Luthor, but um, a Gorilla Grodd, I think. Oh, well, of course. But it, he predated him, like, two, by two months or so. A talking gorilla is definitely your ideal oh, yeah. villain in the 40s. Which is kind of funny, though, because eventually he became the Flash's main yeah. villain at that point. So, well, yeah, when you know when DC Comics finally looked at all the villains, like, all right, who's shittiest? <laughs> Flash, <laughs> these are yours. <laughs> Captain Boomerang, Gorilla Grodd, you're welcome. Reverse Flash wasn't bad. <laughs> Professor Zoom. <laughs> Yellow Flash, pretty much. It's <laughs> um, <Just> the wizard. <laughs> you guys want to make a yellow flash? We're going to make a yellow flash. Take that. It's a reference. All right. Well, um, and originally his powers were uh, he couldn't fly. No, he could just jump, jump really high. He could, he jumped, exactly. Jumped, really single bound. Yep. A nice little callback in Man of Steel with that, by the way, that he first started yes. leaping like the right. Hulk. He just kind of got in the idea of just kind of feeling out his powers in the beginning. Yeah. That was kind of a nice little homage to that. Now, now do you know why he started to fly? It's because of the hard cartoons. No, it was actually because of the radio show. The radio show is more dynamics listening to him fly than going... Bang, bang, that's, right. Bang. That's, true. that's where they come up with Up, Up, and Away. Right, exactly. Because that, you know... <laughs> It's a stupid radio audience. Now, if I remember correctly, wasn't Kirk Allen the original voice? He yes, was. He was. Right. Kirk Allen was pretty much one of the biggest. He was huge when it came to Superman. He did pretty much everything. Oh, as yeah. Far he, as... he also voiced the Fleischer cartoons. Right. He exactly. And he also did the uh, the serials, too, the black and white serials in the beginning prior to George Reeves. Mm -hmm. Right. Which yeah. is kind of cool because when they had, like, which is actually pretty neat for the 40s, they had, like, when Superman would fly, he would magically become, like, a cartoon. 
Right. Like a black and white cartoon yeah. would fly off. Then we'd land, all of a sudden magically became Kirk Allen again, which for the time was actually pretty fascinating. Yeah, that is pretty fascinating. Unfortunately, in the early 90s, Fantastic Four decided they were going to do the same thing with the Human Torch. <laughs> oh, that's right. And with that awful George Gaines starring mega hit, oh, The Fantastic yeah, 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 Four. Yeah. I believe wasn't uh, Jay the boy who could fly Underwood also uh, uh, yes, Johnny he Storm was. in that? He was Johnny Storm in and that. he did fly as a big flamer. <laughs> yes, as a cartoon flame ball. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Mike, you brought up the uh, the Fleischer cartoons. Yes. Awesome. I love the yeah. Fleischer cartoons. They're great. For the time, they were amazing animation. They looked great. They co- told a cohesive story. He hated the Japs. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every single one of those episodes is, All right, Lois, I have to save you now from those slanty-eyed Japs. <laughs> and the funny thing is the first one was like one of the ones where it was like a big, like a, it was like, a, again, a mad scientist, not Lex Luthor. Who had like you know the handlebar mustache, yeah. and you know he's got this big laser that he keeps like you know shooting, and of course Superman has to go. And the greatest part was is like one scene where he's punching the laser, like, <laughs> you know, to like the you know to like the trumpet, like bump, 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 bump. He's like punching it to the, you know, yeah. the music's going right with it. It was great, and um, but it was just fun. It was like there was not a lot of dialogue. It was just all action. Well, yeah, and that's what was great about it. It was simple, and it worked. Well, any more than thirty sentences, they'd actually have to pay the voice actors. So. Right. I did really like how Kirk Allen, he actually, you know, I mean, before that, like, all the radio programs before with superheroes, like, The Shadow, it was all just one voice. Yep. Kirk Allen actually had, like, a like a high alto voice for Clark Kent and a tenor for, uh... Right. This was a good job for Superman! Exactly. Actually, and then he actually even did that in the 60s cartoon, which we'll get to later. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. a, hi, Lois, how you doing? This was a job for Superman! You know, I was going yeah. just, like, lower it, like, really low. This looks like a job for Superman. <laughs> Hello, I'm Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Come, punch me, please. Um, fantastic. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Every single one of those episodes, by the way, available in the Box of Steel. Yes, yep. it is. Could be possibly one of the greatest DVD box sets of all time. Yep. Even though it's got two of the shittiest movies ever made. Well, like I said, every box, every box set's got some kind of crap. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if you're going to get a box set, you're always going to get some piece of crap you didn't want. Most of well, the time. I'll, you know, I'll talk more about three and four when we get to. All right. Well, yeah, we'll get there. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, the serials, Superman serials, also Kirk Allen. Yeah, Kirk Allen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, again, hating the crowds and those slanty-eyed Japs. Oh, of course. <laughs> yep. Um, I think even Lex. I'm not. I think Lex Luthor was introduced. Yeah, in Lex Luthor. Yes, no, all right. Interesting. Well, he was Luther. Luther. Yeah, he was just right, Luther. Right, yeah. Right. And that, that's when they kind of establish him as the mad scientist and kind of the yep. Moriarty to Superman's mm-hmm. Superman. Um, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and interesting, you know who played Luthor in those? No. Oh. Larry Talbot. Ooh, of, okay, of really? Ed Wood fame. Interesting. Wow. Actually, no, you're, no now that I think yeah. about it. Because, yeah, it was. Because back in the comics, Lex Luthor was kind of a, a doughy ish villain. He wasn't exactly like, you know, Mr. Slim. That's what you need, though. You need you need. He almost, looked like, he almost looked like, you know, Kingpin before he ate the butter. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was like, you know, before, he, like, it was like, you know. My like, God, even Dormammu's head looks like pie. <laughs> God help me. It's a good thing I sweat butter. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Because Luthor needs to be, he really needs to be this fat, bald kid who's hiding behind his money. Well, you also know the whole original story of how Luthor 
came to hate Superman. Right? We will get to that, Michael. We'll get to, okay, we'll get, get to that. Right, I want to tell the story when we get to it, though. All right. Because there was revisionist history galore in that, oh, in that story. Which was actually one of the dumbest rivalries. Yes, it anyway, it is, yeah. You know, really, anybody... It was really 60s. Right. But, I mean, the radio show was a big hit. Now, here's a movie that I remember we sold on video cassette. Like, it was a two-box... It was a... It, it, we actually sold it Suncoast. Superman versus the Mole Men. Mm. Yep. Which was George the first Reeves. appearance of George Reeves as Superman. Yep. And um, again, this was more this was more commie baiting. A little bit. Yep. A little bit. A little bit. Like I said, mostly it was gangsters, you know. He didn't have all the suits. Oh yeah, well, had, gangsters like, and hey. guys who are out to lynch somebody, pretty much. Um if I can go back to the radio show. Yeah. I was also the very first appearance of Kryptonite. That's right. They needed to come up with a weakness for him. Right. So yes, yes, because that would totally happen. Which is something we'll also talk about later. Mm-hmm. The different variations. It, it does make sense, though. Yeah. You know, the only thing that could affect him would be something from where he's from. Right. Yeah, that makes that does make sense. Yeah. Well, um, the whole idea of kryptonite was because the red, the yellow sun irradiated that. Because, like I said, the same power it gave Superman also irradiated the. The chemicals made up in you know Krypton's right. atmosphere, so it was almost like the opposite effect. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting that you know that was a great way to kind of make that work. Yeah. Um, and Superman versus the Mole Men turned into the TV show, right? Yeah, which was beyond popular. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, what a what, what a phenomenon this show was. I mean, how long did it last? Like. Five seasons, I think. Yeah, I mean, it went from yeah. black and white to color. Right. So, I mean, they lasted pretty well. It was but like these, five or six years. But these seasons, I mean, they weren't like the 20-episode seasons we think of today. They were like 45-episode yeah. seasons. right. You know, they would shoot year-round. They were just constant. And, um... Yeah, it, I mean, it, it turned Superman into a worldwide phenomenon. Well, it was the first time people really got a good look. I mean, the first time they really got him to fly, yep. convincingly, yeah. for that day and age. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um... But uh, and uh, George Reeves took that role to heart. Like he was, a, I mean, he was a lifetime smoker, but he was never seen with a cigarette when he, nope. whenever he was out in public, right? Because when kids saw Superman, mm. he, I, they want to see him smoking a and cigarette. I think that's the thing with Superman, and that's the image that I think you know is very hard for like the Superman character itself because you know you figure you're one of the biggest characters in comics, and you've got to show that role, right? You know, mm. you got to show that I am truth, justice, American way. I don't do anything bad. You know, because imagine if that guy had gotten in trouble once during that time, he would have been canceled immediately. Well, the sad part... It just would have tarnished him. The sad irony of that whole thing is, though, is that as soon as the show was canceled, um, he blew his brains out. Right. No, no, they Uh, they were actually coming back for another season. Oh, that's right, they were, and then they canceled because of that. Right. Um, Now, have you seen the movie Hollywood Land? Yeah, that's the one with uh, Ben Affleck playing. Excellent. It is an excellent movie. It was like the first, like... Wow, that looks actually pretty good. Um, where they they take diff- they take different turns as to whether or not it was a murder, if it was a suicide. Yeah, I mean, I was I actually watched the um, uh, that doc- the Superman documentary not too long ago. Yeah, and you know they were just bouncing back and forth. You know, some of the ca- early cast members believe he he was really depressed. Some other people did believe that he was coming back. He he fully embraced the role. So. It's really hard to say. Right. I mean, he was going bald. He was going gray. He was getting pudgy. He well, I remember, was... like, you remember in the last season, like, you know, he had Superman. He had, like, gray all over his hair. Like, yep. he didn't even try to color it mm. at that point. And it's like, okay, now you're looking like an old Superman, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. So, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but now, let's discuss some of the villains. 
Okay. All right. Let's start with Luthor only because we have to start with Luthor. Yeah. Well, biggest villain in the whole. Yeah. Thing. Exactly. He he's kind of like the uh, the he's pretty much the only thing that DC has as the equivalent of Doctor Doom. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much without a lot of the, the, um, uh, the third person talking. Almost yeah. maybe a hint of Norman Osborn. Yeah, 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 because because of the business, the more, corporation. More uh, actually, you know what? More actually, Norman Osborn slash Kingpin. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah, I could that, go more because yeah. I mean, Doctor Doom was yeah. I mean, was I mean, if you're talking about the crazy scientist, okay, Doctor Doom. Right. If you're talking more of the corporate Luthor. Then I'd say a combination of Kingpin and Norman Osborn. Well, I'm like, talking like more you, of like an overall huge villain that every every, every DC superhero goes against. Okay, all right, I can see that too. I think I think you know you could probably take a lot of you can probably you could probably compare so many different things to it though. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. Yeah. Um. Started off as a mad scientist. Yeah. Yep. We still weren't going to get to his grudge yet. We're going to wait on that. <laughs> um, and then there was a time in the 80s where they gave him, during the superpowers thing where they gave him, like, that suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his power suit. Yep. <laughs> Which only make, stands to reason that, yeah, the most powerful man on Earth, vil, uh, you know, major villain, is a bald dude who you know, was, was really good with chemicals. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he was able to create that suit that could actually channel kryptonite to weaken him. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a genius thing to do. You take, you know, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll, get to, we'll get to him. All right. It wasn't until the 1988 reboot, though, that he became a... Uh, he went from evil mad scientist to a corporate businessman. Corporate right. businessman to politician to president of the United States. To no longer... Now he's a, I don't know what he is now. I think he's still president Lex Luthor. No. Well, at one point he, uh, at one point he was he had like you know crypt- yeah, like you know kryptonite poisoning from using all the kryptonite. Oh yeah. But uh, it was kind of interesting though. I mean, like they've had many. I think the corporate evil. I think the corporate Luthor is the best because yeah. he'll still have that. He still has that genius intellect, but at the same time, you know, he's like he'll still do things for like in the best business sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, before him, when he was an evil, some mad scientist, you know, if a cop saw him, he would be arrested. Right. What kind of right. a super villain is that? Now he can't. The cops can't touch him because he's above the law in a sense. Exactly. Mm. That that makes a lot. It's like it's like Doom. Yeah. Doom can never be arrested because Doom's got diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Even though, again, in those nineteen sixties Fantastic Four things, like why is Doctor Doom robbing a bank with Galactus? <laughs> with those black masks on. <laughs> Comes out with the two bags of money <laughs> yeah, with the dollar signs on them. Galactus has got a gigantic bag of money. Too. I just know he's got one little itty bitty one in his hand. <laughs> You know, it looks like a little, like, you know, little itty-bitty thing there. You change the person's hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, um, friend of Geek Sally, Kevin Marshall, wrote an article for SpikeTV.com uh, talking about the ten Superman villains we'd love to see the in the Man of Steel sequels and who should play them. So this also get, will give us a good idea on the rogues gallery of Superman as well as kind of peering into uh, fantasy casting a little bit as well. All right. All right. So the first one on the list is Lex Luthor, of course. All right, so first of all, um, Kevin says, Look, I think we can all agree that Kevin Spacey and Gene Hackman did just fine as Luthor, but at the same time, it was just hard to take them seriously as a threat to a guy who can fly, punch through walls, see uh, see through walls, jump over walls, then, well, you get the picture. Personally, I always prefer the portrayal of Luthor as a smooth corporate big shot, as seen in DC's post-crisis continuity in the late 1990 animated series. And he thinks that Billy Zane should play them. Because he is completely bald, he looks like he was created in a lab with the express purpose of playing Luthor in a movie or television show. Mm-hmm. You know what's kind of interesting? Um, 
the guy who played uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, yeah, recently tweeted saying that he would like to play. Um, and actually, Lex he Luthor. did a pretty good job. Yeah, you know, because you you saw that slow transition exactly, and Sober. by the end, it really you really saw him really kind of you know hit that stride when he really wanted to. You and I, we will both be great men because of each other. We have a destiny together, Clark. Only on different sides. And I'll always be there to stop you. Always. Oh, I'm counting on it. Rosenbaum could play it. You know, even look at any any guy that looks like they could play an evil character. Mm. I mean, hell, I mean, look at look at Stanley Tucci. God, he always plays a douche. You know, every time he plays a movie, but. Again, too old. So you got to find someone. Stanley that's... Tucci was was the, one of the good guys in Captain America. Yeah, but most of the time he was plays a douche. <laughs> but um, I mean, like take like John Hamm. He could be you, you know you shave his head. He could oh yeah. He could... Actually, John Hamm played Luthor in a Funny or Die thing. Did he? Yeah. When he was looking for a Wall Street bailout, he was just <laughs> looking for a government handout to go beat Superman. It's hilarious because John Hamm is hilarious. Um. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Michael Rosenbaum is, I mean, yeah, yeah, he was very good. And what I've seen of Smallville, which is not much, I must admit, um, he's good, but let, let's just face the reality here. There will be no callbacks in this new Superman no. thing. There's the, If they're not going to call back, at the very least, the Williams theme, well, you ain't calling back. Huh? At least just a snippet. Exactly. You ain't calling back the guy who played Lex Luthor on TV. Yeah. It ain't Fair happening. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but when Andy says it ain't happening, it usually does. <laughs> yeah. So that means guess who's getting the part. <laughs> yeah, next week That's we right, Billy Zane. Next week we hear casting Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor. God damn it! But you know, you gotta, look at, you know, you gotta look at anybody. All you gotta do is just shave the head. You know, if you got any guy, you know, someone said like Brian Cranston, but again, Brian Cranston's too old. Could he, you know, yeah. could he play it? Absolutely. But maybe like twenty years ago. Well, I mean, if no one's got a hand in it, you'll get someone who who's got a lot of experience with independent film, right? And you know, like I said, they could find someone's totally no name. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think no names are the best. Like Henry Cavill wasn't exactly a super popular first thought, first comes to mind type of guy. Especially no, since he's British. But yeah, exactly. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. He did a great rendition of it. All right. So the next character that um, Kevin brings up is Mister Mitzelplick. Mitzelplick. Uh, and he thinks he should be played by Larry David, a magical imp from another dimension who will only go away if you trick him into saying his name backwards, maybe a bit too out there and silly to make a movie produced by Christopher Nolan. But boy, would we love to see some Silver Age shenanigans on the silver screen. Um, you know who would make a better play, uh, actor for Mr. Spitlick? Yep, what? Carrot Top. No, 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 no. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel actually I did know. play him. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Again, no callbacks. Actually, how about Paul Rubens? <laughs> no. Well, you guys get someone that's totally goofy, you know. And... Uh, Paul oh, no, I got it. Michael Sarah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? That would work. In, in, in a serious Nolanverse, Michael Sarah would actually work. Or Jonah Hill, or any one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sarah is Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey there, um, um, yeah, we're, um, just gonna get the... Gonna so I got this rock, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's green, and I don't know if you want to, you know, check it out. And, uh, take over the world. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're getting a little, little, uh, you're, you're falling over there? Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's kryptonite. You know, I know what that is? It's gonna make you feel bad, feel bad. Yeah, it's that's right. Feel the... That's right, bitch. That's right. You just seem to start going <laughs> yeah. crazy. 
All right, next up, Toy Man, played by Patton Oswalt. That Zach actually N- would work. Zack Snyder could have a lot of fun with a villain like Toy Man who uses toy-themed robotics to terrorize the citizens of Metropolis. Just close your eyes, imagine what he looks like, and tell me you don't see Patton Oswalt in those thick Coke bottle glasses. You know, the thing about Toy Man is... If He's a movie... shitty villain. But the thing is, though... He's a shitty get, villain. If you get basically a movie like Small Soldiers can work... You never know, but no, he's no. He was not the greatest villain. He no, actually, God, God, he, he's no. more of a he's more of a um, like a comic relief villain. Right. He's a he's like the Riddler. Okay. He's like you know he's a comic right. guy. You know he's not too much. Yeah, he's a big name, but he's not really the biggest guy. No, I mean I think Toy Man would not be a right. No, and again, this isn't an anim- animated series. This is a two hundred fifty million dollar movie. Even the animated series. Well, the animated series are kind of creepy. They like this like they like this helmet he wore, like this mask he wore. Yeah. With a big like shitting grin on it the whole time. But he talked underneath it, but he was just like, he was just very jilted. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting how he played it. Actually, Toyman did make an appearance in Smallville. Um, I can't remember who he, who he played, was played that by, though. Hmm. See, I'm pulling to, it up? I'm trying right. to, but I don't remember. While you look for that, I'll pull up the next uh, character on the list here. Mongo! Mongo like candy. Played by Vin Diesel. Mungo was part of one of the all-time classic Superman stories, Alan Moore's For the Man Who Has Everything, and his War, uh, war World would make... Damn it. Uh, would make for an interesting visual. Also, Vin Diesel isn't in enough big movies where he makes a lot, a lot of money. Mungo was a great character. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good villain. Because he was pretty badass. Okay. Now, getting to an actual character that might be a decent in a decent movie. Brainiac! Played by Neil Patrick Harris. Ah. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, Hold that thought of that. Mm, Mike, what's up? Uh, Toyman was played by Chris Gautier. Chris Gautier. Yes. Who's that? Um. Well, you've never seen Eureka, so. No, I haven't. But, All right, I'm just thinking I, Gautier. So. Let me see if I can bring up a picture. <laughs> of Somebody that you used to know. Okay. <laughs> Quiet, you. Let me see. Um. Yeah, he was mainly known for Eureka. All right. All right. So anyway, Brainiac. Played by Neil Patrick Harris. The evil robot from Krypton. Boy, a lot of things survived that planet exploding. Would be perfect for Neil Patrick Harris, who can play him as Ice Cold Killer, but also imbue him with personality. If he were cast, we'd easily forgive Brainiac for doing a song and dance number. I can't see it. All right. Here's the thing. It depends on what type of Brainiac you do. If you do the Green Lex Luthor clone, or if you actually do, like, the evil, like, cyborg with the brain hanging out and, you know, like... The one from the Super Powers toy collection that I melted on top of a lamp. Actually, the animated series version was pretty good. All right. Yeah, Actually, was, the Unbound version robot. was pretty, yeah. You prefer Robot? Mm-hmm. I, I think Brainiac is a cool character, especially, like, in the animated series. Yeah. How he kind of like, oh, no, everything's fine on Krypton. Nope, just keep going doing what you're doing. Nope. <laughs> earthquakes, what earthquakes? Exactly. Or as they yeah. called them on uh, Super Friends when they had the origin of Superman. Groundquakes? What oh, groundquakes? Exactly. Because <laughs> it's not Earth. <laughs> um, I, he would make the most sense as a logical villain if enough people kind of gave a shit about Brainiac. Yeah, but people would. But if you, like I said, you make you do Brainiac right, you can more, make it work. Not only, well, here's the thing. In a movie, not only do you have to do Brainiac right, you have to spend the first half hour of the movie outlying every piece of him. Because this is, you've never seen Brainiac in a movie before. No, but like I said... Go, again, $250 million. You can't expect people to have watched the cartoon. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but also you also have to expect that the people that did watch the cartoon would want to go see it, and they could right. inform the people. It, so well, inform the people. To, okay, you don't have to have this super deep storyline about no. him. Well, you I know, mean, you but, go back. You can go back and tell a simple story of what he is, what he does. What makes the best? You known? can change. You can change the origin a little bit you of know, how he works. They could always take the uh, take the t- bizarre. I mean, not bizarre. This brainiac. The brainiac from uh, Superman Unbound. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Where he's just like this... Same idea. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's basically made himself into a, essentially a cyborg. Right. And he's just destroying plants after taking uh, all the information from them. You could do that. You could absolutely exactly. do that. And that's something... Well, that's what Brainiac does. Yeah. And really, you know, you just figure out what the character does. And, you know, like I said, once you meet him, he tells his origin story. Right. And then you go back and do, okay, how do I kill him? Yeah. Right. You know... Again, you know, you, you know, you can tell a simple story of what you need from this guy to see what he does and, you know, just go from there. Right. Next up, Bizarro. Bizarro! Uh, played by Zachary Levi as a villain. Bizarro is as entertaining as he is deadly. Zach sort of looks like Bizarro version of Henry, Henry Cavill already, and his carefully personality be a great contrast to Cavill, Cavill's serious, somber Superman. I think Bizarro is one of the stupidest villains ever created. I think Bizarro's a great character, actually. Me am because, no like you. Yeah, because well, the funny thing was... Classic Bizarro was, is exactly like that. Me am no love you. But the funny <laughs> thing about Bizarro was he wasn't always, like, those times he wasn't trying to be evil either. He was mm-hmm. trying to say, I can be a better Superman than you. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was just trying to... He was, just well, a misun- he was more of a misunderstood character. Basically, he was a failed clone. Right. You know, unless, and he unless you go degraded with himself. You unless know, you and, go with another origin where, in which he's Superman from a backwards universe. Eh, I think that would be kind of lame. Yeah, I think be. more of like you know, if someone like say if like you know someone tried to clone him and it was a failure, and yeah. then I don't think they should use Zachary Levy though. I think they should just have Henry Cavill and you know would you know, and they just of... basically CGI the face. I mean, yeah. they did it like for like how they did like Tron Legacy, you know, same and, thing and, idea. And they, I mean, they did it for Smallville actually. Right, they did. All right, next up, Metallo, played by John Hamm, a vengeful cyborg powered by uh, by Kryptonite, he needs to be played by someone with a powerful and commanding presence. Is anyone better suited than Don Draper? This never happened, Superman. You won't believe how much this never happened. It's giving us chills just thinking about it. Could work. Yeah. That could totally work. I mean, Especially... The, char- the character was just like a small-time crook. And then, you know... If... And, um, again, Metallo can be a good second-tier... Um, he, like, he, Two-Face in, in The Dark Knight. Actually, He's he not could, your main villain. Well, you know, he could, also be, he could also be like, you know... In the animated series, they used him like you know, Lex Luthor... Yeah, Obviously, you like made him, him. Made him. You could almost do a tie-in I, I, there. Yeah, you think you'd have. I mean, you know, that makes the most sense, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I mean, use Kryptonian technology to rebuild this guy. Use his own, like you know, stuff against him, and you know, and this is, and then you know, I mean, yeah. you could. There's so much you could do with it. All right. There's a lot of areas. Yeah, you can since, go Lex, there. since Lex can't, you know, fight Superman through normal means, he makes metallic. There you go. Mm. All right. Next up, Dark Side. Played by Grumpy Cat. <laughs> I don't know how this would work, but Grumpy Cat is a perfect fit for a villain whose primary superpower seems to be his ability to maintain an unflinching 24-7 sourpuss. <laughs> I think as far as Darkseid is concerned, yeah. you just need a voice. Michael oh, yeah, that, that's, com- <laughs> <laughs> that's who did it before. Yep. Yeah. All right, next but up. But look at, look at Thanos, yeah. what they did for uh, the Avengers. Well, and that, yeah, exactly. I mean, and here's the thing with Darkseid, and someone brought this up. If... DC doesn't shit or get off the pot before they before Marvel gets Thanos out into the ether. They may as well forget about ever doing Darkseid because essentially it's gonna it's gonna come across not to us, Michael, but to the layperson, to someone like my wife. 
as that's the that, that's Thanos. Not it really. doesn't matter if Darkseid came first. It really doesn't matter. But again, we're, we're talking about the layperson. We're but not again, talking about. Can, but the thing is, though, if you can find a story that makes it work, it's not going to matter who does what, where, and how, and why. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It's just they look almost identical. That is true. They're they both got. They both favor purple, amazingly. Yeah. Which is interesting because I know with most Marvel villains, they almost all favor green. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. <laughs> I still say dark. Side Doom. Dark side could still work. Mordo, Enchantress. They have a lot of purple, doesn't it? Yeah, they do. A lot of their villains have purple. Seem to, always seem to favor purple before uh, pre pre crisis. Yeah, except pre crisis. So, so, thank you, DC. Everything as well. There's post crisis and there's pre crisis. <laughs> post crisis was 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 the Wortham um, Batman and Robin can't have to be start being less gay. <laughs> and now you've got pre uh, fifty two and post fifty two. Oh God damn it! <laughs> Fuck you, fifty two. Next up, Lobo, played by Danzig. <laughs> Wait a minute, we're done with Darkseid? Oh, you, you, you want to, is there anything no, I just still think that I still think he's a great I, character. Darkseid is talk one, about yeah, and out of this list of characters already, right. Metallo, Lex Luthor, and Darkseid are probably the best suited for a real, again, $250 million movie. Well, I think I said Brainiac is another good one. You can definitely do slots thought there with the yep. too as well. Like I, yep. I mean, you got, those but, are four great villains. Right. But, I mean, Superman's lowest gallery, do. though, for a character who's been around for that long, man, do a lot of his ca- does, does a lot of his rogues galleries suck. Yeah. They re- I mean, just in the, you just, ugh, compare them. Honestly, Batman's got one of the best rogues galleries everywhere, anywhere. And that includes Calendar Man, for fuck's sake. Mm, that wouldn't go that Exactly. Far. Nope. It's Christmas! Trying to make Christmas <laughs> giving! I'm trying to make a point. All right. So, yeah, like uh, Louis the Lilac, Egghead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> King Tut. King Tut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are great The Scoutmaster. Get them, boys. <laughs> Don't forget to use your claws. <laughs> Who was that? What was, um, what was um, Liberace's one? I can't remember his name. Who was his... Uh... What does that mean, villain? Liberace. Pianist? I don't know. <laughs> Liberace played a villain. Oh, no, A few times in uh, Batman. Oh. What the hell was his name? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, it was like a musician or yeah, something. Yeah, it was some musician. Anyway. Right. Well, you know what? Neither of these guys has the banjo as their villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rob banks, so I play my banjo. True story. All right. Next up, Lobo, played by Danzig. In his own title, he's a hero of sorts, but he almost in every other book Lobo shows up, he's an antagonist. He doesn't mean well, nor is he misunderstood. He's a hedonist consumed by his own wants and needs. This is pretty much the life story of Glenn Danzig. Interesting that they brought that up because I was having a text conversation with my friend Steve about Lobo. Let me see if I can find my phone here and I can pull this up because, oh, is it hilarious. Lobo is stupid and should never get a film adaptation, right? Uh, like, I'm the only, not the only guy who feels that way. I explained to him that nobody but self-proclaimed lone wolves and hipsters like Lobo, and they only like him because they're tired of Wolverine. So apparently there won't be one made, but yeah, we also agreed... Glenn Danzig. Why? Because when they brought that up in 1997 that he should play Wolverine, that was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Because everybody said he had sideburns, he's got muscles, and he's short. Yes, exactly. Just because you look the character doesn't mean you're going to play the character. I'm going to I'm going to remind you that you said that someday. You're better that you didn't get that, bro- that role. But the problem was, like I said, I mean, like I said, you can look the character, but at the same time, <laughs> it was just no. No one was going to. No one was going to cast him in that role. Right. Because he's not an actor. 
Next up, the Ultra Humanite, played by a CGI monkey and voiced by George Sakai. Oh, my. The Ultra Humanite debuted almost a full year before Lex Luthor, making him not only Superman's first regular foe, but also one of the true supervillains in hero, uh, superhero comics. Yep. For a sarcastic, intelligent voice of the creature, who would be better than George Sakai? Take my crap. <laughs> uh, actually, David Hyde Pierce could play that role. I don't know. I'm, I'm, dig- I'm di- I am digging the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole George Sakai thing. You could always give it to Kelsey Grammer or Kevin Klein. Yeah, Kevin Klein could do it. I know, but I mean, come on, we got to get Takai in there somewhere. Yeah, we gotta find someone. You might want to clean that hand. That's my throwing <laughs> hand. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, goddamn, these vil- I mean, yeah. There's this parasite. Yeah. Parasite was actually a great character. Parasite's an interesting character, especially you know when you read Kingdom Come, mm. where Parasite was essentially responsible for destroying the world. Um, try to think. They had some other decent ones, like when the animated series, like, like Volcano was another character they created, which wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, then they created, uh, uh, who was the lightning chip? Oh, um. Lightning Lass? I don't know. This is DC, after all. They used a lot of lads and lasses in that. No, no, no. no. This was like, she was voiced by Lori Petty. Right. Oh! Oh, God, yeah. Uh, nah, I don't even remember. I'm blanking. All right. I'm looking it up. You're looking it up? Uh, yeah. Okay. While you look that up, Mike, I'm going to pull up some bizarre appearances of Superman. Okay. First of all, after um, George Reeves proved that he wasn't faster than a speeding bullet, they decided... Oh, too soon. <laughs> they decided to use the um, the sets and props of the old Superman show for Super Pup. Yeah. One episode was filmed, and it was never aired, and is available... On the box of steel. Yeah, that pretty much? Those pretty much supposed to be crypto, wasn't it? No, no, these were just midgets in dog suits. Oh, that's right, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, with like names like Bark Kent. Yep. Well, I I think there was a that was a knee jerk reaction to like all these kids are seeing uh, Superman kill himself. Yeah, exactly. They gotta get. They gotta you know try to lessen the blow with this. Hey, you know what? Maybe maybe this is the whole resurrection story of all dogs go to heaven. Hey, just remember, Marvel did the same thing. Spider Ham, Peter Porker. Yes, exactly. They never turned that into a TV show, though, even though they were making awesome Technically, they kind of did. On the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, they actually had a whole episode. They turned him into Peter Porker. Livewire. Livewire. That's who it was. Yeah. All right, and then there is... It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, the Broadway musical. Trying to think, it wasn't like a. Who was in that? Oh, they, well, they well no, but there was no who played Lois. Someone was actually they, they made it. They made it into a TV show in like the eight, the early eighties. No, actually, it wasn't even the early eighties. It was the mid, early to mid seventies, and it was Leslie Ann Warren. Leslie, that's yes. who it was. Who yes, also was... auditioned for Lo- Lois Lane yep. in nineteen seventy eight. Yep. Um. Oh God, dreadful! I couldn't Very name awful. a single song out of it. Come on, pal, let's go. I need a little exercise. Take that, and that. Let's see what you can do. You boys. It's corny. Oh, yeah. You know, it's he, corny. Yeah, he fought a lot of gangsters. Yeah. yeah. Still better than the Spider-Man one. At, this oh, point. Well, <laughs> at least that made it to Broadway. At least it didn't, <laughs> didn't kill anybody. anybody. Exactly. So, yeah, some odd, odd, odd appearances. Um... All right, let's discuss... Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip... I, I know it's, it's, it's a little further down the list, but speaking of odd appearances, let's um, go to Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. Where Chris is going to talk about the video games and ads of Superman. Okay. If you want to talk sure. about 
some really bizarre, bizarre stuff that Superman appeared in. Yeah. Don't you mean bizarro? So let's start with, um, and by the way, Chris actually wanted to be here tonight, but uh, work, yeah. work yeah, got in the way. Fair enough. It happens, it happens to the best of us, right? So, with this podcast being all about Superman, I thought I would talk about some video games and some memorable ads that featured the Man of Steel, and these are in no particular order. So, we'll start with some of the ads. Superman Peanut Butter. Weird, weird, weird. In the early 80s, they marketed Superman Peanut Butter. Uh, he also included a YouTube clip that has the uh, the ad in it. Now, there's this um, ad that he attached to the thing with this kid who, I don't know, uh, possessed by the devil? Yeah, I would say so. Possessed by the so. devil? He's a ginger anyway. He's ginger. Hey, he's ginger. He has no soul. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Superman peanut butter. Its strength is its great taste. Obviously not because it didn't last that long. You see, the only way I could see them marketing that is if they had the cartoon, the um, commercial as Superman taking a bunch of peanuts, crushing them into peanut butter, exactly. and squeezing them into the jar. Squeezing into this kid's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Then the kid chokes. Eat up. <laughs> it's good for you. And the funny thing is, too, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, all of these things, I mean, Flintstones Vitamins is like the, I mean, that is the holy grail of cartoon to to commercial tie-in. I'm shocked it's still around. It's like the most popular children's vitamin in the world. I know, but who knows? Who watches the Flintstones anymore? Nobody watches Nobody the does. Flintstones anymore. They still get Flintstones vitamins. Oh, I had Pac-Man vitamins. Interesting. Yeah, I did. Are those still around? No. No. Um, I mean, interestingly, I found out that Betty <coughs> Rubble wasn't introduced until the uh, the mid nineties. Seriously? Into the the vitamins? Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, into the vitamins? Oh, yeah. It's like wait a minute, she's yeah. in the cartoon. All right, next ad: the American Express ads with Jerry Seinfeld. Love yeah. these. Patrick Warburton was the voice of Superman, and we all know that Jerry was a Superman fan. Boy, this is a great way to see the country. Yeah, it's amazing how much you miss at super speed. Yeah. Are we there yet? And Patrick Warburton can do no wrong when it comes to voice acting or Pretty much. There was another commercial I remember seeing as a kid. Like, some little kids, like, all of a sudden Superman would show up, and I don't know what the commercial was for. I don't know if it was for camp or something. Might be for this. Never say yes to a cigarette, PSAs. Maybe that was it. Chris writes this, I believe, was from the early 80s. I guess the point of this PSA is, don't smoke or Superman will toss you up to a thousand feet in the air. <laughs> I still think the Star Wars anti-smoking ads are better, because how the hell R2 was able to, to enjoy that sweet, sweet <laughs> uh, nicotine taste is beyond me. R2, do you think I still don't have Because Andy thinks Star Wars does no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now onto the video games. Oh, let the hatred begin. Uh, they were not good ones. No, in fact, um, before I even get into this list, I will go out on a limb and say there has never been a good Superman game. Mm. There's been a good game where Superman was in it, and you could play as Superman. The arcade game was decent. All right. No, the uh, Lego DC uh, superheroes. Hmm? Lego Batman 2 DC superheroes. You can play Superman in that, and it does not suck. It's uh, well, it's a Lego game. Right. Yes, the arcade. And realistically speaking, when we get to when we get into this kind of discussion, Lego games don't count. No, mm. okay. No, the arcade Superman game was actually pretty fun, except yeah. for the two player person it had to be like red and gray, like you know, red with like gray tights. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is kind of stupid. So you're like kind of like fake Superman, but um, <laughs> you're bizarre. Oh, it's like Superman three all over. It. But what's kind of cool is it was, I'm drunk Superman. What's kind of cool is the arcade one is first off, it had the John Williams theme in it. Yeah, and. uh you know, you basically play. You like you punch these aliens and everything. You just basically go. You punch. You can fly. 
it had like three different segments. The third segment, you could actually use your heat vision, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It was just a fun game. It wasn't like the greatest game, but it was fun. It was it was just fun. You know, it wasn't like anything super deep. Right. Well, I mean, that's most video games don't strive for deepness. No. Um, but these are some bad games anyway. Superman, the from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. This is the first officially licensed Superman video game. Cast of characters include Lex Luthor, complete with head propeller. Lex's henchman, Lois Lane, who when Superman was hit by kryptonite that looks like a mini satellite, one kiss from by Lois and Superman is healed. The website Video Game Critic gave this game a D uh, grade, saying that poorly designed screen layout often made me feel like I was on a wild goose chase. Well, no, you're like, it's like it was like a huge map they tried. They tried to be like really too ambitious with it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I like, I think it was like somebody had to go like find pieces to a bridge, you had to save Lois, you had to do all this other stuff, but it was like, it was too much for an Atari 2600 game. Like the Raiders of the Lost Ark Atari 2600 game, right, where you actually to, need a set, another set person controller. to play. Exactly. Yeah. All right, next up Superman on the NES. This was a Japanese-developed game, so you may be able to tell by the picture, which he's showing here. Um, for those listening, I posted a picture that shows Superman communicating with an anime Statue of Liberty. <laughs> God damn you! You know what was bad about that game was, um, I guess in Japan, they actually were able to use the John Williams theme. Oh, when yeah. When they ported it over here, they couldn't get the rights to it. Okay. So they didn't use it. And I remember playing that game. I remember finding it at, at well, Adopt-A Video. Remember Adopt-A Video, Andy? Oh, I worked at Adopt-A Video. So... I remember um, I rented it, and it was horrible. Like, it's like this big-ass head. Yep. This little thing. And the funny thing is, if your power got low enough, you reverted back to Clark Kent. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? Like, really? You revert back to Clark Kent? It's like the Hulk reverting back to Bruce Banner. Right. <laughs> yeah, but when he gets calm, well, yeah, but at least when well, he gets that, calm, he does turn back to Bruce. That makes more sense than this. Right. All of a sudden, magically, you hit him too many times. Wait a minute. My suit's coming back on. What's wrong with my glasses? <laughs> I lost all my powers. I'm a human now. Exactly. Where did this hat come from? <laughs> All right, next up. Superman for the Sega Genesis. Side-scrolling game that had great graphics, but was banned by critics for having little to no story, as is pretty much everything with the Sega Genesis. But like I said, Genesis, I mean, if it, I mean, again, it was a good action game, but yeah, well, if you, let, you, know, you don't need a story. Punch, just... punch, punch, kick, 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 yeah. fly. The Death and Return of Superman. I Genesis played this one. And SNES. This was a standard Double Dragon style beat 'em up game. Not bad, not but not great. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. It was decent. It was like a C. And finally, number five on Chris's list: Superman '64 for the N64. One of the worst I've, games ever yeah, created. Worst, yeah. Yep. Chris actually said that he mentioned this track on the worst video games podcast that we had uh, a while back. So um, you can just leave it with uh, a bit from the angry video game nerd who says it all. More than likely, that is that this game sucked so much that it fucked, or something to that effect. Right? It was it was just l- l- god god awful. This game doesn't even qualify as shit. It's like the equivalent of shit taking a shit. This is unspeakably, shockingly bad. It's sickeningly loathsome. It's a fucking suffering to the mind. It's a bunch of fuck, and it doesn't belong on this planet. All right. The funny so- thing was, he did a joke. He goes, "You guys want it? You guys got it. Superman." On the Commodore 64. <laughs> it was actually a game for the Commodore 64. I'm sure there was. It was, again, okay. For, you know, for a 64, yeah. For 64, actually, it was better than the N64. Right. It wasn't on a tape, though. It was on a cassette It was on tape. the, uh, no, it was on the floppy disk. I think. Oh. But you had to put, like, the load, comma, eight, yeah. slash one, yeah. all that crap. Yeah. So, Chris closes with thanks and kneel before Zod, Chris. So, thank you very much, Chris, for... Getting that to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some pretty awful stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some cartoons. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, we'll start off. Now, Mike, you said that we really shouldn't delve into this, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention the Super Friends. Okay. Yeah. We'll mention I mean, I don't think I want to delve too much. Cause like, right. Yeah, and like, it was like you said, we were talking back and forth earlier about it, and, you know, it was like Superman, who's the most powerful, and then everybody else. It's Superman and his army of human shields. Well, of course, you got, like, Greenwell, and Green <laughs> Lamb was in there. And the uh, preteen, preteen squad. That exactly. Right. With him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Are they but cleared the for battle? Was, I don't care. But the funny time, what things were was like, you know, it really was him doing most of the work. It's like, and of course, if he went, if it, of course he went bad, something happened. Batman. The whole episode, the whole episode, it'd be about well, fixing him. The best part was when they like bring up different kryptonites. Oh yeah, like when Red Kryptonite would come into play. All right, can you please explain the whole kryptonite thing? Oh sure. Well, of course, everybody knows the Green Kryptonite. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one that weakens and kills him. Then there's Red Kryptonite, which. Of course, it would basically, it could just do something to him temporarily. It has turned him into a kid. Mm-hmm. It has made him very hairy. <laughs> it split him into two people. Um, made him old. All right. I think, what else has it done? Made well, him... in Smallville, Red Kryptonite brought out his It just his brought out his, like, yeah, it just brought out his dark side, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it took away all of his That was a great, yeah. Ah. That was a great thing. Then we had Gold Kryptonite. Which permanently would remove the superpowers. Of course, you never really saw much of that. Right. Uh, Blue Kryptonite was really the only thing to affect the Bizarro, but I remember they also said there would also be a counteractive source for Superman that could like help cure him from other things, too. <laughs> it was like the one super Kryptonite that wouldn't affect Superman. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, white Kryptonite kills all plant life. Which makes sense <laughs> when pertaining to Superman. And then there's, like, Jewel Kryptonite. I have no idea what the hell that does. It doesn't even say. It says, projects illusions. Whatever. Yay! You can see some of this really didn't work. You yeah. Know. Oh! Orange Kryptonite gives super animalian powers stronger than cryptos for precisely 24 hours to any animal that touches it. They were really reaching when they got to these colors, I think, at this wow. point. This, this yeah. was just pure 60s magic. Really, it was. Um... Well, this is during the code. This is back when Superman had what I call plot-convenient powers. Right. Yeah. I can talk to mermaids, didn't you know? I mean, they were really. I mean, they're really stretching at some point on some of these. I mean, like I'm not going to go into the rest of them. They're really kind of lame at this point. Pink kryptonite. I think. I think <laughs> they're really the ones that <laughs> exactly. I think the really the ones that really stuck out were red, green, and blue. Yeah. Those yeah. are really the three calls. Well, that stuck out. Anything else? Well, blue kind of did a lot in the well, against in the Super Friends because that was yeah. the that was the, that was the kryptonite that would hurt Bizarro. Yeah. So it really did kind of have. In effect, but I think green first, red second, blue distant third. Yeah, I say distant. It was red, red, and green were the big ones. Right. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Superman the Animated Series. Probably Which was the excellent, excellent. Yeah. It was. I think it started off very, very good. But I, I maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you won't. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have the staying power. Batman the Animated Series. Um. Some episodes, yes. Some right. no. I will give you that. I think they ended on a nice note when they like had like it was like a two parter. Where yeah. Superman was... Didn't they just essentially fold this into JLA? Not really. Was, All right. I mean, kind of, but not really. Um, it was really the second... They, went, they used a lot of that stuff. Like, they used a lot of the old animated series to segue some things, yeah. like, right. reference. But they ended Superman the Animated Series with a, with a two-parter. A it was basically Superman had been captured and brainwashed by Darkseid. Mm-hmm. And basically it was believed that he was Darkseid's adopted son. son. Okay. Grainy Goodness was like the other character, Calabac. Actually, other great, you know, you know, Desaad. I mean, those would be great villains as well to yeah. be the dark side. But anyway, 
he was basically becoming like a like a dictator. When he was finally, you know, his memory was brought back, the world started looking at him in a different way. Like, wow, what if he really did this to us? And you know, meant it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, like a lot of people who loved Superman started to question him, and that's kind of how they ended the series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is it, actually a pre again. You said it's a breakdown. No. One of the last lines was like. Uh, Superman was saying, like, basically, he's gonna have to regain trust of the world. Like, how's the world again. gonna trust me again? Like, you know, remember, like, uh, Doctor Neil Hamilton was his best friend and you know friend throughout the whole series. Yeah. And by the end of the series, he didn't. He mm. was he was scared of him. And what, what was that? Uh, that police officer that um, Darkseid killed. Oh, um, oh, what's his name? Joe Joe Bologna played him. I can't remember. I can't yeah. remember the character's name, but he killed. Yeah, he killed them throughout the series. And actually, at one point, like you know, he beat the crap out of Darkseid after what Darkseid did to him. Mm. Mm. You used me. I told you once, Superman. If you would not be my knight, you would be my pawn. I see you're a man of your word. I am many things, Kal-el. You couldn't begin to imagine half of them. But for now, I shall take the role of executioner. <laughs> Final gift, my wayward son. But yet, Darkseid's minions, even after he beat him and defeated him, you know, Superman says, Darkseid, you're free, Darkseid's been defeated, yet the people in Apocalypse still... Yeah, they went and Still they, went, oh. You know, so, they, you know, it was interesting. It was an interesting, very, very deep episode. All right. Yeah. So, um, real quick, Mike, we're going to go over a couple of the other, like, Superman-centric, and um, Superman-animated things. Okay. All right, so do you have the list in front of you? Uh, hold on, so let me queue it up. Right. Um, up. We have the 60s Superman. We'll start there. Yep. Those were actually pretty good for the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they introduced um, Brainiac from time to time. They actually introduced, um, you know, Lex Luthor was in a few times. Um, that was the Brainiac where he was basically a green alien. Yeah, he had the little th- plug. He basically right. like the bald Luthor. Basically. Yeah. He looked like Luthor. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they I don't think they introduced them. They were just other, like, It was like Legion of Superheroes. They, had, they, did make, they did make a, yeah... Um, but it was actually a great series, you know, it was, but it was always the same thing. It was like Filmation, I think, did it. Oh. Actually, you know, I just remember... No, but was, the animation was good for the time. I just remember something about the <laughs> uh, Superman in the Animated Series. Yeah. Um, do you know who did the voice of Mis- uh, Mr. Mixispitlick on that one? No. Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. Moving on. But, but no, actually, that was a, that was a <laughs> funny episode because he, like, would appear... It, 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 like, the camera would remain in Dimension X, and <laughs> five <laughs> seconds later, he'd reappear. He's like, oh, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Then there was, uh... The 1980s Ruby Spears Superman cartoon. All right, which yeah. actually didn't last too long. It was one of those things where, like the 80s, like a lot of things didn't last very long. You got like maybe 12, 13 episodes. And yeah. That was it. It was on the Saturday mornings. Um, it was done kind of well, actually. Was it? Uh, I think it was Michael Bell did the voice of Lex Luthor. Oh God! Wow. Um, it was very good. But at the end, but the end of every episode, there's like a four minute segment. It was called like the Kent Family Album. It was like Superman's family album, like memories, of like when he was adopted, yeah. when he was babysat. It was like it was like more for like lighthearted comedy. And he had his powers from day one. Day yeah. one, exactly. And it was you know he went to like the grocery store, caused mischief. You know he's like well you know it's like oh little Clark, that little scamp. You know he's getting into <laughs> mischief again. And of course nobody figured it out because it's the eighties, so <laughs> yeah, you know, no one cared at that time. But I mean it was a good series, but I don't think it just it just didn't fit in at the time. It just there was too many other things out there at the time. And then of course. You know, we get the 90s animated series, which, again, I think was the best interpretation yeah. of Superman. Right. And that actually severely limited his powers. They cut back on his invincibility quite a bit. Um, they think they did. Well, I think it got to the point where they had heroes that could actually, like, you know, villains that could actually hit him. Well, I mean, and he like, could take a pounding. Even in, like, the first episode, he got nailed by a, a missile, and he went flying way back, and he looked like he, it hurt him. 
Right. Well, it's probably one of those things where it's like throughout that series, it was like, you know, he's still trying to get used to probably learning how to, you know, mm. use his power. Hmm. Or not, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I think they, they kind of had to like, they, they, they had to dumb to, it down. They, they had to but you had to balance them out a little bit. Yeah. Because if you didn't, you know. He's a boring character. Right. right. And Tim Daly did, the vo- did a fantastic job. As the I thought so job. too, yeah. Good, it was a good call, uh, call on that. Yep. What's next? Uh, do you want to get to the movies or just... Uh... No, keep going. Oh, yeah, keep going with those the Superman-centric movies. Uh, the animated movies? Yep. Okay, then there was uh, Superman Brainiac Attacks, where Tim, they actually did use the uh, old animated series version. It was Brainiac Attacks, and it wasn't good. They kind of made it, you know, they made Lex Luthor very campy. They didn't even use Clancy Brown for Lex oh. Luthor, who I thought was a great Lex Luthor. Yeah. He had that evil voice. They brought him back for um, Lego DC Superheroes. They did. Um... Which wasn't a great one. Then they had a Superman Doomsday. It was basically based on the death and return of Superman. The whole which thing. Was awful. Which was it is really fucking awful. awful. First off, the animation of Superman looked like he had freaking wrinkles in his face. <laughs> Adam Baldwin did the voice. The, yep. the battle Adam Baldwin. The battle DC with... Cabs, Adam Baldwin. <laughs> that's the one battle with Doomsday is actually really good. Like, the first half is fantastic. And then that's it. Mike, the, the problem is, it's not, even the half. it's not even the first half. It's the first ten minutes of it. Right. Superman's dead by minute eleven. And then it's this whole thing about Luthor trying to clone Superman. Yeah. yeah. Which he was trying, which actually is kind of a homage because he did try to clone him as Superboy. Because that was actually supposed to be the clone. Because when they had in the car- comics, ran the Superman. Right. And into, in, the the 19, in the nineteen eighty-eight um, John Byrne John Byrne reboot, the clone was Bizarro. That's right. Mm. Uh, well, actually, Superboy was supposed to be like done right. They made yeah. they fixed the mistake. Yeah. Then they had All Star Superman, which is based on the one where he basically has to make a sacrifice and go right into the sun. The problem was he went so far into the sun that his cells were bursting. He absorbed too much sun. He was pretty much going to die. Yeah. Okay. Lex Luthor's in prison. He basically is trying to keep it secret, so he's kind of tying up a lot of loose ends in his life before he has to die. First thing he does is goes to Lois and gives her a gift. It's basically a serum. That gives Lois superpowers for 24 hours. Hmm. Which was kind of interesting. It was something he developed. He was trying right. to develop. And it was like a, just a gift for one day. Super, Lois could be a superhero. So they can bonk and not have to worry about it. That's, <laughs> actually, you know what the funny thing is? That's what they did <laughs> in the comic. Um, but then later also, like, a few other things happened. There was like, a few other little like missions he had to do. Uh, a couple of Kryptonians showed up. Okay. They were gonna, like, I guess apparently he had a, um, went off and like did something, came back. And a couple of Kryptonians were trying to take over. Yep. But they've been saturated so much Krypton, they were dying from Krypton, like Kryptonian disease or something like that. Had to put them in the Phantom Zone until they were fine. All right. Goes to Lex Luthor, basically says, hey, I'm dying. But I think Lex Luthor had a change of heart and, you know, found a way to, like, save him or something like that. Then there was, uh, what was it? Superman vs. the Elite, which was kind of interesting. I didn't see that one. Um, I don't remember much of the story, but it was really pretty much like a group of characters that were kind of, like, trying to help Superman, but they wanted to kill and Superman doesn't kill. Right. And when these guys are willing to kill, they all said, oh, these guys are better. They're willing to kill. Superman's not willing to kill. Hmm. You know, these guys, are, you know, and it kind of made Superman question what he was doing. Right. Well, eventually, when Superman kind of showed that he could try, he could kill, but made all a ruse. Yeah. Everybody said, you know what? Superman's way is better. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It was kind of an interesting moral story. Then there's Superman Unbound. Yes. Mike, you saw that one. Yeah. I just and, saw uh, that one today. What'd you think? I thought it was very good, but extremely violent. Hmm. But that was great. Also, you want to see yeah. a you know good story. Yeah, it was all about the whole thing of Candor and Brainiac and you know, Supergirl and Supergirl, which mm. was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, like I said, some of the animated movies were really good. Like the first few were horrible. Yeah. But I think they got better. I would say um, All Star versus the Elite and Unbound are excellent. 
I mean, there's other ones like with Shazam and like Super. That one was Batman. terrible. No, um, Superman Batman Public Enemies was really good. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about the. I don't want to do too much with team ups and stuff. Right. Uh, just the New Frontier. New Frontier. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that yeah that's something we should talk about at a later date. But absolutely, it was such a great imagining for those characters. Mm. Yeah, then that 1940s throwback. Mm. It was yeah. Great. All right, let's move on. We are really like blowing through this here. Uh, let's talk some of the sidekicks. Start with some of the animal sidekicks first. Crypto, the Crypto. super dog. Um, God, that actually seems to make the most sense. That was, <laughs> but here's the thing: he was Superboy universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Quickly, let's talk about Superboy. We've been we've been keeping the lid on this far too long. Why does Lex Luthor hate Superman? Can I get into it? Go right ahead. Well. Back in the early days, they were kind of kind of friends. And actually, it's funny. Ironically, Lex Luthor was Ginger. Yes, he was. Actually, I think it was a daywalker, though. <laughs> well, I guess apparently they became really good friends, and Lex Luthor was going to help Superman cure him of his kryptonite weakness. Right. Well, there was a little problem in the lab. <laughs> Superman went to kind of, you know, there's like a big fire. Superman goes in, blows the fire out. Well, apparently all the chemicals and everything that hit him also blow into his perfectly coiffed red hair. <laughs> and in turn, they all fell out. This made him hate Superboy. <laughs> to, a, to the point where he was going to find every moment in his life to destroy Superboy. Because he, he lost, lost his, his hair. hair. Yeah, too pale, cover all that. <laughs> Which, of course, is probably the lamest origin story of rivals ever and you, you know he I, must I, I have had Superman. the small- that is the lamest story ever created he must have had the smallest penis known to man <laughs> but the funny thing was when they redid it in smallville they kind of changed it yeah which was basically it was when clark landed on is when clark landed on smallville as a baby all bunch of kryptonite landed with him right in well, the of explosion. course in the explosion what happened was um, lex luthor got caught in the explosion and the explosion made him lose his hair oh which was actually a better origin of how he lost his hair. Actually, I think it also made him immune to disease. Well, also, I think it also enhances uh, his mental capacity, too. Yeah. I think it gave him a little... That's why he became, like, a genius. Yeah. Makes sense. Something like that. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, that's an interesting play on it. But, like I said, you know, if, if hair is the only thing that, you know... You know, bald is beautiful, man. Yeah. You know, just let, let that rivalry go. Super, Superboy essentially was created, though, as an, as a response to the Wortham Trials. Mm. Mm. It's like, okay, we got to hold some of this shit up. Um, yeah, he was a superhero in Kansas. I, I don't give a Fun shit. Fun fact about Superboy. Remember the 60s cartoon that they used to have yeah. with, with Superman? Well, the guy that did the voice... Oh, what the hell was his name? He was uh, Kelsey from Kelsey's Bar. All right. He was also the voice of... Jim Gordon in the 90s Batman animated series. All right. Which is kind of interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Played Superman and Jim Gordon. All right. Actually, actually going back to Superboy, um, there, there's a uh, there's a website called Super, what, Superman is a Dick or Superman It's Dickery. called SuperDickery.com. Yeah, and they show a whole bunch of different covers and segments of old Superman comic strips where he was being a super dick. And they show one where he's talking with like a... Uh, young Bruce Wayne saying, see, in the future, we're going to be best friends. I'm not going to bother telling you about uh, that your parents are going to be killed right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And superdickery.com, and you haven't lived until you've seen the propaganda section. (laughs) 
Holy shit. You think I've been racist on this show? Just wait till you read this thing. <laughs> By the way, speaking of, I love Superman and Batman when they do the How It Should Have Ended cartoons. No, those They're are... always sitting in the coffee shop yeah. talking. Those yeah. are always funny. All right, next up, Beppo the Super Monkey. That was lame. <laughs> of course. But again, like I said, for the time that it came out... Mike! They were, pla- they were blasting black people in Selma, Selma Mississippi not, with hoses, for God's sakes. Don't say it was I'm a not gentler def- time. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I'm just saying for the time, people put out anything, and no one really looked at it like we would now, is what I'm trying to say. I love the name Beppo, too, because it sounds Beppo, like a yeah. Catskills comedian. He can... He can, <laughs> he can no, but back then, they would, they would make up stupid different ideas that just were, were shit. Speaking of which, Comet the Super Horse, who was in love with Supergirl. <laughs> there was a cat, too. Oh, I'm sure yes. that there was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that there was a super cat because they had the super family. Everybody wore a cape, yep. including the fucking horse. <laughs> Beppo the super monkey would hit a target with his crap for from five <laughs> miles away. Uh, oh my god! I, I but you know, I'm not defending the the monkey here. <laughs> I understand, like you're no. not defending the monkey. I'm but just I, saying. But back in those days, no one really. I mean, no no one cared. They I understand to, that, but you know, racism have, wasn't there. Like I have now. to th- fling the proverbial crap at you because <laughs> oh, of yeah, that well, statement, Mike. That's why. No. You um, don't. But yeah, Supergirl and Comet the Superhorse. The best part about this is Comet was in love with Supergirl yeah. because they gave him thought balloons. Oh, there is nothing more creepy, or if it really is your kink, <laughs> sexy, as a horse lusting after a girl in a miniskirt. Because you know in the 60s, bestiality was just fine with fine everybody. And dandy, yep. That's right, as long as you weren't red. Hey, didn't that horse later become She-Ra's horse later? <laughs> <laughs> She's riding the cotton pony. <laughs> steed. If I can't have that blonde, I'm going to have this one. No. All right. Another another sidekick, and he, let's be honest, he's a sidekick. Steel. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Black Metal Superman. All right, next, moving on. His pal, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Piece of trivia for you. Um, one of Superman's greatest... Right? Huh? This was the Kellogg's commercial? No, no, oh, even okay. better. This is this takes the cake, or the bowl of cereal, if you will. Yeah. Um. The first appearance of one of Superman's greatest, darkest, most dangerous villains ever, Darkseid, Dark Side appeared in... In, the, in the final pages, the final final frames of a, a Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen uh, comic yeah. book. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Yeah, and actually, speaking about the Kellogg's commercial, back when George Reeves was, um, you know, they, you know, they had to do those advertisements for like for Kellogg's or whatever, Sugar Smacks, whatever. The uh, the censorship statement came in. Originally, it was going to be Superman, um, you know, no Clark Kent having breakfast with Lois, you know, bowls of cereal. Like, no, 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 we can't have Lois there. It would make it seem like they spent the night together. Let's have Jimmy there instead. Yeah, <laughs> ain't nothing weird about that. <laughs> and then finally, Comic Dum's biggest idiot of all time, Lois Lane. <laughs> Glasses on. Glasses off. This is up. This is How did I not see that? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, at least now they haven't made her dumb. It's like she's figured it out. In this movie, yeah, it, it was, yeah. and I'm sure Amy Adams was like, "Thank you, yeah, yes. thank you." No, because like I said, but again, back in the, those days, yeah. they they had to play it up like, "Hey, they're dumb. They won't figure it out." And she so. got her own comic book too. Um, and yeah, yeah. Fact, it's some of the other funny thing is, I remember I told you some girlfriend. of the lame, some of the lame things they tried to come up with with how they how she couldn't figure it out. 
Go ahead, Mike. Go I'm ahead and say it, because I was going to bring it up anyway. You know I'm not agreeing with it, right? I understand you're not no. agreeing with it. I'm just saying. He's this is... agreeing with it. Go ahead. <laughs> Never mind. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Please. you're going to crap on me for I'm it. I'm not going to crap on you for it, Mike. I'm having fun with you. I know. But I know. I, no, seriously. But I remember there was something. This is the whole answer to the Gillette ad, by the way. How does Superman shave? Exactly. But the whole funny thing is they were trying to come up with like reasons for like how does Superman, how did like Lois not figure it out? <laughs> the best excuse was, it was my favorite, was... He, he slightly vibrated his face, so it looked like it was distorted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, um, during one of the episodes of uh, Lois and Clark, mm-hmm. the New Adventure of Superman, like um, the the time travelers come back and call Lois like the most glassy, stupid person in the universe, or not realizing <laughs> take the glasses off. Hey, it's Superman. You know, it's funny how mystery how mystery, mystery men kept making that whole thing. Oh yeah. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. In fact, all right. Now here's something that our friend Barbara posted on the Geek Salad uh, Facebook page. Which, by the way, if you're not, if you haven't already liked it, like it, please. Um, it's from Magnetic Wisdom. It's Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, Lois's guide to life, bringing out the superhero in your man. This was written in the '50s, so uh, essentially bringing out the superhero in your man meant make sure his drink is ready and his slippers. <laughs> His slippers and dinner are ready by the time he comes home from a grueling day at work. <laughs> if you treasure that pretty face of yours. <laughs> All right, um, we got to move on. We uh, we are uh, over an hour into this. We got we got to we get to run, gentlemen. So um, quickly, out of these out of these, what do you think is the best of them? And we'll just briefly take it. For later comic book iterations, John Burns reboot in 1988, the, the Death of Superman. Mm. That was good. I think it was worth a lot of people off though. You know what? Yeah. The thing is though, they said it right. They were so lucky because it happened on a week when nothing yeah, in the world happened. happened. Yeah. Kingdom Come, mm. possibly one of my favorite reimaginings of all time because it really made Superman a bitter dick. Yeah. Red Sun. Yeah. Have you ever read Red Sun? Put some pieces. I mean, apart from the the ridiculousness of bringing Batman into it or uh, Wonder Woman into it, Wonder Woman would make more sense. But Batman mm. with his little furry costume. <laughs> I remember there was a uh, a What If episode where it was like, what if uh, Clark Kent landed in Gotham? Oh yeah, that was an interesting little segue. Well, you also had Dark Knight Returns, where you had Superman and Batman like bitter old people fighting. That's out. right. Oh yeah, mm. that was great because. Um, Superman was Reagan's poster boy at the time. Yeah. Did you see the cartoon they had that double? I heard it was awful. The best part was they showed a, they showed a clip, and of course it was like you know, and they had like Clark Kent like talking with like, you know, Bruce is old. Yeah. Now the funny thing is they got Clark Kent showing up, you know, as you know, but of course he's got his shirt on. He's got his shirt like buttoned down, like really, really low. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Hi, Kurt. <laughs> okay, just to let you know, I'm still in shape. You're not. But what I love about Red Sun, though, is that it's like, what if they just blasted it off a half hour earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yep. Lands in the Ukraine, becomes a Soviet super soldier. All right. Superman did make a few appearances on TV Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I'm not well versed in any of these, but we'll start with Lois and Clark, which one of your friends on Facebook brought up as being the only acceptable uh, version of Superman. Yes, yeah. Actually, that was Julie. Julie, oh yes, Julie. I said if it's if uh, Superman's engine playing by Dean Kang, he can suck it. <laughs> that was his exact <laughs> words. This show was a mountain of stupid. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like I like how they how they played. It was more 
Clark than Superman. Right. Clark was the Clark was the actual person. Superman was the alternate identity. Right. As opposed to the other way around. They were playing more of the Clark Kent. Yeah. Right. Part. And I like. But it lasted for what? Five, six seasons. Four, four seasons. Four seasons. Was it four seasons? That was yeah. Five. No, because no, they got. I think they got married in the fourth season. Right. And but they still. It dropped. still lasted pretty well. But it still lasted yeah. pretty long. Then there was uh, well, actually before that there was Superboy. Yeah. Yep. That, that was that was made by the Selkines. And that lasted five Amazing. years. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they they still had the rights. You know they. They got pretty much run the movie thing dry. They, so they, they tried, ran that well dry for so every little thing they the could. Movies. But that lasted for yeah. five years. Yeah. They had well. The funny thing is, they had a uh, the one kid, Bill Mooney. Huh. Bill Mooney played uh, like a, a big vit, um, big villain in that one. He right. Appeared like three times, I think. But uh, was it Gerard Christopher played yeah, in the rest Gerard of it? Christopher. But then the guy that played him was uh, uh what's his name? Was it John Newton, something like that, or what's his name? Something like that. Played in the first season, and then after that was Gerard Christopher. Actually, wasn't a bad no. version of he, him. But... He was pretty much just trying to channel his inner Christopher Reeve. Right, and he did a, did an okay job with it. Hmm. Hmm. He did a pretty good job right. of it. Finally, Smallville. Smallville. Which I uh, I've seen every single episode up to season nine. Would I, you say I... that the show probably started very slow? Yes. It was basically, I think the first season was like, okay, this week's Krypton Freak. Exactly. I mean, that... The, you know, someone got, basically, because, you know, when Kryptonite landed, everybody, you know, there was some, someone got, like, hit with Kryptonite and got some weird power that Clark had to fight. Right. Meanwhile, yeah. he's learning his powers. Yeah. Um, as it kind of drolled in, it got a little bit better. Yeah, starting the second season, they, they got away from that Monster of the Week formula, and they started working with, you know... Characters and the right. characters do you think it, though it would have been better suited if it hadn't run ten seasons? Do you think that could have been everything could have been answered in six? Um, I think by season eight it was getting a little bit season for me. Season seven, season eight, they start bringing in like Justice League and early yeah. Justice League, right. yeah. and they had moments, but it was starting to drag a little bit. Um, I mean, they they really tried. They did some nice tie-ins, yeah. but it was like one of those things where it's like, "How I Met Your Mother." It's like, okay, let's just get there now. Yeah. Um. And you're really just waiting for them just to finally get there. And they were strict. They were very strict with that no tights, no no flights right. rule. Yeah, right up until, until like the, last, the very last, the last episode, episode, they finally. But, but you know what? You had to. Correction. You really had to. If you really wanted to end it on that note, he did fly in one episode in like season. I want to say season three or season four premiere. Oh, when he, oh. but it was it wasn't actually he had been basically affected by black kryptonite, who it basically made him into. Kal El, he, like, he he basically never realized his his. Um, he was a strict Kryptonian type his thing. His Earth heritage, right? Yeah, and so he and... actually flew in that case. But as soon as you remembered, he stopped flying. Right. Yeah. He was afraid of heights. So, um, I liked what I've seen of it. Was never a big fan. It's just one of those things that pre DVR, I didn't get into a show immediately. I was never going to get into it. Tom, yeah. Tom Welling did a fantastic job. Yeah, I think he, really he did, did a very good job. Yeah. So, gentlemen. Shall we move on to the movies? Absolutely. All Let's right. Do it. Let's start. 1978. You will believe, You will believe a man can fly. You will mm-hmm. believe a man can fly. The Salkinds decided that they were going to make an, a Superman epic, and they were going to spend as much money as humanly possible. Other people's money, of course. Yeah. Of course. Doing it. Um. And every time you hear an interview with them, they're they're saying, "Oh yeah, we did a great job. We did a great job." And then you know, season three. Superman 3, it wasn't our fault. No, yep, no. Yep. Superman 4, it wasn't our fault. No. Well, here's the thing. Listening to Stalkons talk about anything, everything is classy. Yeah. It's all classy. Um, Superman the movie is my personal favorite Superman movie. Yeah. 
I it is it's fun. I mm-hmm. prefer to. It's fun as all get out. There is enough suspense in there. They make Luthor a legitimate enough villain where he doesn't even have to lay hands on Superman. There's like that one scene where he wraps the kryptonite around him and you can really see as soon as he opens up the how it case. affects him. Exactly. Yep. Christopher Reeve is fantastic. Yeah, He's the ideal Superman. There, there's a reason why whenever someone thinks about um, Superman, they think Christopher Reeve. It is. Yep. It's so much fun. There's so much humor in it. <clears throat> I mean, hell, we're doing our sound test earlier, and we're doing the Otis scene. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's just, it's super fun. It's been on Cinemax, like, a lot lately. Mm. So I, every time it's on and I'm just waiting for something else to come on, I will park it right there. And nice. it's almost always at the same scene. Yeah. It's just, it's a great movie. I really mean, is. everything. The Williams score is fantastic. The, the, just the opening credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the little kid that... So oh, a little Asian kid that starts off the oh, novel, yeah. you know, opens up the action comics. In 1938! <laughs> have you seen the Everything Wrong with Superman, the movie? Uh, yeah. Seen, oh, it's funny. And of course, they have to mention Marlon Brando. Krypton. Of course, they, yeah, Krypton. Yeah, Krypton. He, doesn't pronounce, he can't pronounce Krypton. The funny thing was, there was actually one guy that did pronounce it right in the, in the thing, but the yep. rest of them were all pronouncing it Krypton. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. The virtuous spirit has no need for thanks. Or approval. Only the certain conviction that what has been done is right. Develop such conviction in yourself, Ella. Kalel, Ralph, whatever you want. Um. Now, the interpretation of Krypton in this movie. After seeing Man of Steel, I'm like, man, I kind of feel gypped. What the hell is going on with that planet? It kind of looked like Hoth. We all live under the dome, everybody. It basically like a green Hoth. It was. It, it, it seemed like it was an underground planet. You yeah. know, yeah. no one ever lived above ground. Well, was it, whereas in the comic, it was always like it always had like a like a regular terrain. You know, right? Well, in the comic, it was like you know, this is what the world will look like in 1983. Remember well, it's supposed to be like an advanced, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Kryptonians are supposed to be advanced in like science and technology. Yeah. You know, they were also snobs. Yeah. yeah. Well, they really, they really were. Anytime any of the any Kryptonians would show up, they were like, oh, "We're better than you." Exactly. Pinky in the lips. All right. Now, while they were filming Superman the movie, they were also filming the sequel because this is what they did with the um, Three Musketeers. Yeah. Uh, So Superman two, which is my favorite, credited to Richard Lester, even though Richard Donner directed most of it. Yeah, and then Richard Lester kind of seventy five percent because they fired Richard Donner because they didn't like what he was doing with it. Yep. And it shows. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Does it show? That's why the Richard Donner cut is so much better. It is, right. even with like the cuts that were like you know the test screens. Yeah. Were still well, better. yeah. Well, the thing is, is that Superman two. I mean, first of all, it, finally you you get a really you get three very serious villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, General Zod, yeah. which you know. You will bow down before me, Jor-El. I swear it. No matter that it takes an eternity, you will bow down before me. Both you, and then one day, your ass! That's, that's classic. That's, that's a classic villain. That's why villain. I prefer Superman 2, is because nothing gets us nerds in a frenzy like a good old super villain fight. A good fight, right. exactly. Yeah. I think that's what made Man of Steel great, because you had a great fight. Yeah. Like, Su- Superman 1, don't get me great. I love the movie. It was hits a lot of bright notes, but it was kind of boring. 
It was kind of boring. They didn't have that big knockdown Drago fight that I was hoping for, and that's what... I think, but the thing is, though, you know the funny thing is? He was doing a lot of disaster, yeah, you yeah. know, control. And I think that's kind of like something you want to see him do in the beginning, but now you've built up to this new villain. He now. fought the Earth. Right. Yeah. And he even turned it around again. Exactly. Lame. Um, but with Superman 2, I mean, Richard Lester shot that terrible thing in Paris oh, yeah. with the nuclear bomb, and that was pretty much just to stick it to the frogs. But, uh, <laughs> but the Richard Donner cut, which, again, available on the Box of Steel, yeah. is... I've got, I've got the Blu-ray Box of Steel now. It's very nice. <laughs> Infinitely better. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of silliness in there. Yeah. But, I mean, all right, here's one thing that they didn't do in the Richard Donner cut. Superman didn't uh, didn't subdue Zod and his his gang with a fruit roll-up. Oh, the big cellophane <laughs> S? Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't forget the transporting where he was basically he can merge himself into three people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like you know he's now he's a you know because he moves so fast. <laughs> I will say there was one part of the uh, the Richard Lester version that I prefer over the Richard Donner. All right. Cut. In the Richard Lester and Richard Donner cut, Superman doesn't float outside the Daily Planet saying uh, General Zod would really care to step outside. Doesn't say that in the Richard Donner. Oh cut. really? No. It says in Richard Lester's version. Hmm. Right. He said something else. In fact, you? you can even hear it sounds like. His voice, it sounds like they dubbed his voice with The line else. was different. Yeah. It was yeah, a different it, line. It didn't sound like Chris Reeves. Right. You will not have done before me, Sir Joel. Neil! That's a classic <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, that's a classic line. All right. That brings us to Superman 3. Which I have not seen since the very first time I ever saw it, back in, like, when we my parents rented it on VHS. Wow! Because it freaked the shit out. Well, of me. there's that scene with the old, with the lady getting sucked yes. into that thing. That freaks you out. Oh yeah. You know the funny thing is there was, if you could go back and like restart that movie and save it. Here's the first thing. First off, Richard Pryor, get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> you get rid of that old part. You could keep what's his name. You know Robert Vaughn because. <laughs> but hear me out. I like the whole Superman. You know the evil Superman thing. I thought that was a great part. Of, that was actually probably the yeah. best part. That was probably the only good part of the movie. When he became evil and started doing all the things and he had to fight. Who, who played Lana Lang in that one? Oh, uh, Annette O'Toole? Because she yeah. went on to play... Martha Kent. Martha, Martha Kent. Kent and but I think what it was is, you know when they built the big computer? Yeah. Well, my thought is you could have made a whole brain... That could have been Brainiac. Or or it could have been Metallo. Actually, no, Brainiac is a computer. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think that's more yeah. computer... Because, you know, Metallo wasn't really a computer. He was a well, machine. No, but... but I think you could have made like a computer that now... You know, it's now like... It's keeping itself wanting to live, and it's absorbing everything, yeah. and it wants to it wants to like download information. No, but like when, that's when, brainiac. She, when she was turned into like a cyborg, I think that would that could have been like a version of Metallo. It could have been, yeah. That could have been like, oh, I'm going to create Metallo. It could have like turned like whoever the genius was to create it, turn him yeah. into Metallo, and then you could have made prior? it could have been like, well, no. <laughs> but you could say is the computer could have done like a double team against them. You could have had a great villain fight. But of course, no. We said, well, let's make some humans. Throw Richard Pryor in there. I mean, like, yeah. Honestly, like I said. Maybe, Richard Pryor's a great comedian. Let's, there's no argument. Richard Pryor is a Metallo. <laughs> yeah. He just starts telling, you know, like, poop and fart jokes. You know, oh, God. And it... racist jokes, you know, something like that. Here's his script on his chest to light his crap pipe. Yeah. Interesting piece about that whole thing, though, is that um, Margot Kidder, who had played Lois Lane in the movies, mm. had been so vocal about how much she hated the Salkinds and Richard Lester yeah. that her part essentially lasted less than three minutes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because she was in the beginning and the end. Yep. That was it. They shipped her away to someplace. Hence, enter Lana. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you had to do something. And that tool needed some work, so... Oh, boy. So Actually, she was a good Lana Lang, though. Yeah. But she was a very good Lana Lang. Yeah. 
I mean, I like the whole... I mean, the whole idea of Clark going back to Smallville, too, was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there were good elements of the movie. It was just the whole story itself, just, you know, with the Richard Pryor and just this big computer just sits there, and he throws some acid at it, and it blows up. It was just... It was all for nothing, you know? And, well, and at that point, too, when they finally get the computer to do something... Yeah. You can tell that Richard Lester is, like, sitting behind the thing looking at his watch, like, let's wrap this up! Exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, just let that turn into, you know, hot sauce. Right, we're done. Yep, <laughs> you know? done. And that was the thing. Because yep. like I said, there were some good elements to the movie. It was just, you had too much other crap that really unfortunately killed it. Yeah. I think that's what now, I'm saying. All right. Now, I've said this last, in the last episode. I'll say it again. The most positive thing I can say about Superman 3 is that it wasn't as bad as Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. That's true. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually watched Superman 4 all the way through. Mike? You're not missing anything. Mike, if, if three chimpanzees put together a Kickstarter campaign... For $15 to make a Superman movie, it would have better special effects <laughs> than Superman th- for The Quest for Peace. It was not produced by the Salkinds. No, it was no. produced by Canon Films, which... Honest Trailers did a great thing with that, where they showed, like, you know, they ship showing the same flying segment with Superman, like, flying, like, you know, yep. flying forward. They used it, like, 20 times. They actually showed every clip of it, and like, it was 20 written, times. It was, the story was written by Christopher Reeves. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that's pretty much the only reason he was in it. Yeah. But the funny thing was, I'm wondering how much of that story was actually still his by the end of it. Yeah, that's true. Probably I mean, like not this, much. Because, like I said, there's another thing where you probably could have turned, like, Nuclear Man into the Bizarro. You know, you could have had a whole thing with that. No, again, yeah, no, no, no. He had to be in the Nuclear Man. Non-canon. But the funny thing is, you ever see there was, a, there, was a whole, um, there was a whole deleted scene where there was, like, a earlier version of Nuclear Man that didn't work? Really? And yes. the one that they had no, didn't work? No, and the funny thing is... It was like, it was, it's, there's no words to describe it. It basically comes off as like, you know, like when the, when the missile actually went into the thing, it created like the first version, which is basically a Mongol-like candy type character. <laughs> now here's the best part, he comes down, he's got like, like, like a silver, like, he's got like a goldish, like, I, I think he had like a, like a sport coat on or something. Oh god. His hair was all kind of like spiked up. He was like, oh, hey. And of course, Superman's like, hello, friend. Can I help you? Boom. Just slams him out of the way. Like, he's like a big kid. Yeah. So this was like the, the prototype. And, but it was actually kind of a fight. It was actually kind of a fight with, between the two of them. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but it was just, again, it was just lame. It was like, I, I was like a big kid. He was like trying to like, you know, calm down, but. I especially love that he was powered by the sun. So all Superman had to do was move the moon. Yeah. In the way that's not yeah, first of... let's put the moon out of orbit. Yeah, that's not going to throw everything off. Your history's greatest monster, Superman! <laughs> Did you not watch Thunder the Barbarian? When oh, the, the tides! The went by? The tides! <laughs> oh. And, of course, Meryl Hemingway. Oh, God. Yeah, especially when he flies her into space. Yeah, and she's, she's still breathing. Yeah, she's still breathing and she screaming. She exploded. Exactly. No, she should have been like this piece of uh, flash-frozen beef jerky. <laughs> and, and, of course, and, of course, let's add some more Superman powers. Let's add the, let's magically look at the wall of China, and it magically fixes itself. Of course. Let's also look at when, you know, Mark Pillow, I'm going to call him Mark Pillow. Yeah, that's his real you know, name. You know, <laughs> levitate, levitates the, the people sitting there, and all of a sudden, Superman just looks at them, and they levitate right back down. That was a fantastic porn name. Mark Mark Pillow? Yeah. No, maybe. Maybe. If you will not tell me, I will hurt people. Anyway, um, let's move on to... How... All right, what is this? This is 19 years in between movies. Brian Singer's uh, Return to Superman, the ode to the... The love letter, if you will, to the first movie, Superman Returns. Boring. Christopher Reeve was dead. 
Um, obviously, Richard Donner wasn't going to do any more of these. Brian Singer brought him back with Brandon Routh. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who did a great job? Handpicked by I, Dana uh, by um, Dana Reeves before she died. Yeah, I thought Routh was pretty good actually. I mean, he he was as good as that movie was going to let him be. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that but that's like George Clooney was as good a Batman as the movie was going as the movie be. was going to exactly. let him be. And like I said, it was just um, you know, there was a decent story there, but it was just a very dull movie. Yeah. It was, that's, that's the thing. It was just very dull. And even Brandon Routh was commented, I didn't get to punch anything. Yeah. It had the same heart of the original movies, but it was just kind of boring. Yeah, that's I what mean, it was. Kevin Spacey had, it looked like he had a blast doing no, it. No, he, he was fantastic. And he was also using an established characterism. Uh, he was using the characteristics of, of Gene Hackman's character. Yeah. yeah. But thank God it had Cal Penn. You know, who doesn't mention a word in that entire movie. Nope. And um and also he by the way he um he dies he dies what we call the Prometheus death. By the way, I was hoping that um I was you went lengthwise away from the falling thing. Yes. I was wondering <laughs> though when when I was going to ask you one thing though I was going to hope like Lex Luthor was actually going to run out and tell Parker Posey to go find the busy bee. <laughs> I mean, well she did have that dog after she all. Does, she needs the busy bee, you know. <laughs> um, I remember being very underwhelmed when I saw this in the theater. And I remember the, the anticipation for this movie was huge. Yeah. Well, the budget was huge, too. It was, like, over, like, 250 million. It was a $200 million it was the biggest movie. Budget, it's been the biggest budget in the movie is, like, for, a, like, record or something like that. And it, it made domestically just over $200 million. Yeah. So it, and it, it was just... It almost hit its mark. Yeah. And, but, again, this is the this is the problem with, the, with Superman, though, is that... Well, let's be honest. He is kind of a dull character. And that... If you get this type of of storyline, where it's just it makes it even more dull. Yeah. yeah. What would what would you know life be like without Superman? Well, we had five years of that. Oh look, now he's back. Oh look, terror. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and you almost have to like they could have played that movie up as like you know he shows up, you know he's ready to fly around and save somebody, but the world has pretty much figured out how to do things without him. Right. And then in comes some big super villain, and that could have been like the whole thing to kind of segue. Hey, we really do need you. Right. But that they, they could have been so much potential there. But they didn't do that. You know, instead, let's create a big, huge Krypton that he can't... That everybody's going to want to live on, by the way. Which oh, yeah. It's like, everybody's going to want to live here. Well, that's what no he wanted. No one's going to want to live there. Oh, yeah. It looks like a... <laughs> a really hopping <laughs> place. Who wants to live on top of the Mount Everest, all right? Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, just underwhelming, to say the least. Yeah. All right, that's... Right, it's had its heart in its right place, but... Not enough. It just... No. Uh, no, it wasn't enough. That brings us to the reboot. 2013's Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Now, before we get into our own impressions about that, um, I did put it out to Facebook to find out what they thought about Man of Steel. And it, 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 it varying, very varying. Now, mm-hmm. when, you, when, you, when, when people say that you either love this movie or you hated this movie, nothing could be further from the truth, okay. honestly. Um, I mean, I got a lot of people who commented on it when I when I put it out there. And let me, where the heck did it go? I just had the goddamn thing somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why. I actually actually said this to uh, Mike when we went and saw it. If we took this movie and Superman Returns and combine them, you'd have the perfect Superman movie. Yeah. I yeah. That. I would I would agree with that. Absolutely. All right. This, this one was kind of lacking the heart. Okay, so here are the reviews from Facebook. All right. 
John wrote that I uh, thought Man of Steel was the second best movie I've seen this year behind Star Trek Into Darkness. Seems to be a polarizing movie, though. My friends either love it or loathe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim's wife, Rebecca, says, I'm guessing you want something more analytical than Henry Cavill is damn hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, would it have been a bad thing if he could have spoken with his natural British accent? I mean, he's supposed to be an alien, after all. Uh, yes, but he was raised in Kansas. Right, true. <laughs> but they would have burned you at the stake for talking like that. Exactly. <laughs> Are you Sidibola? Let's wrap him up. All right. Here's our first start of debate okay. on this, okay? Mark wrote that, I felt that the choice of to, to use flashbacks to show his childhood was a mistake, that a strange, uh, straight narrative would have been more effective. Also, the Batmanization of soups didn't work for me. Or my 11-year-old who loved Avengers. Why so serious, Superman? I will actually kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, like, the, usually I always have the, the flashbacks, you could have, or you could have just kind of kept it straight through. I, I, think I agree with that. We kept going back and forth. Right. I, I really wasn't really liking that myself. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Rebecca says that she disagrees about the use of flashbacks. I think that the flashbacks have the effect of humanizing him by showing his father's reactions yeah. and advice to him as well yep. as Clark's own reactions to his powers and the bullying he received. Ultimately, I believe the point of the reboot was that this version of Superman was more human-like, which is why the ending was appropriate with his uh, human-like reaction. No, that's a good point. Uh, Mark responds, I don't see how doing that in a series of flashbacks served that purpose better than it would have if we gotten to watch him grow up with Clark before he became the loner bat- banner-like character. Okay, and then Rebecca finalizes that with, okay, but how exactly long did you want that movie to be? Um, <laughs> John, good, good, good point, Rebecca. Yeah. John liked the flashbacks. They framed bits of the story without the without the long, boring origin into risk. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Mark finalizes everything here, the discussion with, well, I have been happy to cut the last fight scene, totally unnecessary, or the part where he somehow overcomes the Krypton effect to destroy the gravity machine thingy by flying up its orifice. Bottom line, Clark, as a child, and his American Gothic dad were far more interesting to me than Lois's search for loner adult Clark. I'd have been happy not to see the cape until the last quarter of the movie, but really, I had been happier had Josh Whedon done Superman instead. But I understand he's pretty busy these days. <laughs> well, I understand the intent, and I didn't dislike the movie, but I'm not 11, and I I kind of like I feel like Superman is something 11 year olds should like, which is not how I feel about Batman, Watchmen, Daredevil, or any number of superhero characters. Well, I think with the whole thing with um, not having his powers, well, I remember when the sun would turn red. He would slowly lose his powers because he absorbed so much from the yellow sun. Mm-hmm. So was he still had enough power, to, enough juice to get into the thing and destroy it before he was totally weak. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, i got to do this fast before I don't have any power. Yeah. So that I can kind of see there. I thought the last fight was actually great. I mean, right. I think, no, no um, what he means by the last fight is there was the fight, and then there was the fight after the fight. Like That, that fight scene went had more endings than Return of the King. Well, I think it was just that one last, let's just see who's best at this right. point. It was just that final, just like, you've taken everything from me, now I'm going to just do it, you know. Well, alright. First of all, with the flashbacks, I, I agree with John. I think it broke up things nicely. It didn't turn into a Terrence Malick movie. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You agree with John or you agree with Becca? Both. Okay. Okay. Um, with the fight scenes. Now, again, it, with the, every time we bring up Superman, it's, we, he needs to punch something. He needs to punch something. He needs to punch something. Jim and I bro, both brought this up. Jim obviously couldn't be here tonight. That it, it was great to watch him, but it got repetitive fast. It's like, okay, I'm going to punch you. Bang! And they fly three miles into product placement. And then they fly back. And it wasn't a straight-up fight more than bang, crack, you know, crash, 9-11, Bang! Crash! 9-11 to part two. And 
it just it 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 could have been better if it was more melee like fighting, not so much of that. Okay, well now let me go after you. <laughs> so you're kind of looking more for a Superman type versus Doomsday type fight where I would pre- crash, I would have crash, much crash. preferred that where it's more centralized instead of taking out thirty city blocks. Well, every single I mean it, it worked. Like they that could. first, if they, they had left it with the first thing, but keep where in mind, they destroy the International House of Pancakes, right? But keep in mind, they're also aliens that basically have a lot of strength, and they're going to do anything and everything to beat the crap out of means tearing things down. Especially with the villains, they don't care what they blow up, but it's not their planet. They yeah. don't give a crap. I, but thought, I, I thought actually, out of all the characters, Fiora was the best one. But that's she was not. Awesome. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying though. I'm saying that the do you want Mortal Kombat. I would have much rather had Mortal Kombat. No, I, I think that Zack Snyder could have could have pulled back and not had a fight scene that essentially he cloned three times throughout the movie and made each one of those things last 20 minutes let, each. Let me, let me just repeat what you just said. You wanted Zack Snyder to pull back. Oh, that's true. That that's doesn't true. happen, all right? No. Uh, I, you know what? I... The, um, Someone, someone said that um, he wished Superman smiled more or something like that. Mm-hmm. I will agree. I mean, it was a very, he was a very solid, very why so gloomy Batman. The only time he really had that smile, that pure joy in his face, was when he was learning to fly. Uh huh. Other than that, he was a very down, ugh, um, grumpy. Not all the time. I mean, there was times we talked to Lois, who'd help her, and you know, there were, and but... also feeling like you know, he, this is a guy that just finally kind of is realizing his powers. Now he's got to kind of save the planet that's kind of taken him in. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot in his you know weight there because if he doesn't do it, the place screwed. Yeah, I mean, so you got to figure that that's going to weigh a lot on you. Yeah, and in this day and age, that is something that's going to weigh here. But now that, that guy was gone, if you even thought about it, he kind of was you know once everything was was done, and there was that little scene banter between him and the general and the captain there. Mm-hmm. He was a little more lighthearted at that point. Yeah, and then of course he got home. Well, I got to get a job. I got to grab my feet. You know, we got to do this. And of course, you know, he ends up you know. Where he ends We're, up at yeah, the daily right. plan, of course. But of course, I think that that's now going to segue into be a little more. Now that he's kind of taking care of a major threat, he can relax a little bit now. Right. So I think there was like a lot of things where it was like there was so much thrown at him. It's like this is a lot for me to take in. I'll buy that. But, you know. Yeah. See, there was the one. I mean, I, I did enjoy this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I did not love it. The one thing I was severely wishing that they had was the big G whiz moment. I mean, like. Superman, Superman one, he you know middle of Metropolis. They see this guy appearing out of nowhere, grabbing this helicopter, saving Lois Lane. Exactly. And so, I, I've got you. Who's got you? Superman returns, middle of middle of a baseball stadium. He lands this airplane. Yep. Cheering everywhere around. Superman, Man of Steel. What do you got? You got him saving like five guys on an oil rig. And that was about the closest thing and that, to and that was even well, the Superman. Well, they kind of had the G-Wiz moment. There was that point where basically when all, the whole military was going to basically attack every alien on the planet. And at one point he finally saved him. He says, this one, these, this guy's on our side. So that was kind of, I mean, it wasn't huge. But it was that but, first moment of so they're now accepting this guy. But that is, was hey, more of a rally cry us. than it was an actual like, wow. I was it looking was... for a giant G-Wiz moment right. and I didn't really But get you know it. what? If, if, God forbid, when they make a sequel... Which they are, and Which we'll get more But hopefully, maybe they'll have more of those moments where uh, that, they'll kind of they'll start it off with something like that's that. That's what I want. Which now I think I think what is this? I think you can make it a little like it light hearted up, make it lighten it up a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't you don't want to crack jokes every five seconds, right. but no. I think you can lighten it up where he's like, "Hey, how you doing, guys?" Here, you know. Take, the take reveal it. of the costume, by the way, I thought was one of the most underwhelming reveal. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, we'd seen the Cosmo already, so it's not like we didn't know what it looked like. Mm. But the second he stepped out of there, I mean, that should have had a lot more majesty to it than walking out. Because instead of being like, <sighs> Autumn tapped me on the shoulder and she's like, why do you feel the need to shave? And actually, it was our friend Jason brought up. It's like, did they really feel the need to have his chest hair kind of poking out of the top of the collar? <laughs> it's like, they, he, all right, he can't have any facial hair, but that's natural. Um, I do like the fact that they, they let Lois know who he is. That right. made, they, did, yeah, they took that, away a whole element of galactic stupidity away from her. Exactly, but that's yeah. more for Lois' character than it is anything else. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams was fantastic. Oh, she was oh, very... Great. I wouldn't go with fantastic. She was very, very good. I mean, she was better than, than most... Kate Bosworth. <laughs> well, she was better than most females that end to turn up, turn out in, especially with DC mm-hmm. superhero movies. I mean, she was no Anne Hathaway, but, oh, but to be she, honest. But again, like I said, it's the, char- it's the type of character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's not, she doesn't get into the same type of situations. Um, I wish the Zack Snyder would take a page out of a Joss Whedon book and just... You know what? Sometimes just have fun, and that's the thing. I think it, it there there were some very funny moments in there. The thing with the guy in the truck in the truck stop mm-hmm. where he walks out and his truck is going to fail on the trees. That was kind of funny, but and, yeah. And um, you let them put handcuffs on you. Eh. Yeah, well, of course. You know, <laughs> makes it feel spy satellite. I know you're trying to find where I put up where I hang my cake. You won't. <laughs> but that, yeah, but it, it really. La- I mean, and that's why I love the Donner movies so much. Is yeah. that they were fun. They were just a good time. Well, I think hopefully, they'll, like I said, well, let's hope that with the second one, they will lighten it up just a little bit. All right. So, let's get to that real quick. Um, I've, I've heard rumors that they want to have this out next summer. And I think that's wrong. Ain't fucking happening, really. No. First of all, this movie should have come out last year. Mm. And they delayed it because they wanted to finish up some stuff. Oh, but I just got to go back real quick. We are running really short on time here, so we got to get this. There will be no segments this week. Primarily because we don't have any time for them. Um, but Russell Crowe was the best thing in this movie. It's almost like he was apologizing for Les Mis. He was excellent in this. I was waiting for him to break out in the song. That would have helped God. <laughs> Actually, I really like yeah, I thought Michael Shannon's portrayal of Zod was I thought, great. I thought he I mean, was very good. I mean, he's a guy that would do anything and everything yeah. to recreate his planet. It wasn't more of like, a, hey, I'm going to come to conquer it. I'm just trying to save my people. And it's I'm what do it whatever. was born to do. It was born, yeah. I yeah. Would, well, that's what it is. They were all, Kryptonians were all born to do, born to do certain things. things. Whereas Kal-El was yeah. not. He was just born oh, and And the, re- the reveal of how Clark had to learn how to control that yeah. was cool when um, Zod has to take his helmet off and he's almost driven that was insane. Nice, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was kind of cool. That was a great little weakness. Anyway. Man of Steel 2. They're, they greenlit it before the movie came out. It, um, uh, I, I, think, I think you have to wait two years. Yeah. If they're smart, they don't do it next summer, the summer after. At the very least. But, you know, if this is if this is Nolan, if, if Nolan has anything left in, in the tank with this, he's got to wait three. Hmm. Because two years can be the death knell. I mean, look at, look at, the, look at the Dark Knight movies. Three years and four years. Difference hmm. between them, all right? That is a goodly amount of time. Even you know, um, that, you know, The Dark Knight Rises was a little underwhelming compared to The Dark Knight. It was still an excellent movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you look at like Iron Man two, Iron Man two was two years after Iron Man one, and it's okay. It, they they tried too hard to be an Avengers. Exactly, it, it was right. like the commercial for the Avengers. Iron Man three, which I haven't seen yet. 
Um, Seriously? Still haven't seen it, dude. Wow. Um, it is apparently one of the best superhero movies ever made. It's fantastic. All right. Very good. Three-year wait. Yeah. So anyway, um, th- this, I honestly, and this is just me maybe being a skeptic because they keep talking about JLA. I, you know, Man of Steel is essentially going to be the linchpin as to what, Man of Steel 2 is going to be the linchpin as to whether or not this JLA movie gets made, in my opinion. Well, I well, think they're trying to, that's they, the whole point of this. They've already got David Goyer to, to write it. The jail, yeah, no, they, yeah, but they, this movie's been in production hell forever. So, you know, Man but of I Steel. I think with Man of Steel, though, now that the Man of Steel has kind of done well, it, you've got, it, there, there's a glimmer of hope that it's going to be a while. I mean, I don't, right. you know, obviously, this isn't something you can rush. Because, like I said, these guys are a lot more iconic but than, the, than but the Avengers. The issue, the issue then you run into is that they don't have the patience for that. They That's should, the problem. What they should have done was. Again, this and I, you, you, Mike, you and I have had conversations about this a ton. Yeah, this should have been set in stone where you do Man of Steel, you do the next Batman, or you do Wonder Woman. You introduce these characters, Flash, having these movies already set up prior to expect, you know, waiting to see how well, Man of Steel does, and then waiting for to see how the sequel does, and then waiting for the next movie. No, I think the sequel is supposed to help start, you know, bridging that. That's the idea. David David Goyer has already come out and said. That they're going to do the opposite of what Marvel has done. They're going to do the JLA movie, and then they're going to break off into the solo movies. Okay. Which I, all right, uh, they can do. Well, I was, you know, of, of all people, I was discussing. I was discussing with Barbara at one of our cast parties this weekend. The one character you cannot get away with doing that with is Wonder Woman, because ima- I, I actually disagree. I think that's the one person you can get imagine away with. this, if you will. Okay, just imagine a universe where the Thor movie never came out. All right, mm-hmm. and they introduce Thor and the Avengers. How fucking stupid would that seem to a layperson to see this guy just kind of pop out of nowhere, swinging his hammer and everything like that? Yeah, but Wonder Woman's been around. And she's a lot more. Wonder Wonder she's been. She's had a lot more um, screen what, time. We'll Wonder say. Woman's origin is actually one of the least uh, interesting. She would. You know, she's made she, out of clay. She, she's made out of clay. She <laughs> wins. She wins a contest, and she gets sent to the human world. Um, I mean, like I said, this you know you could you don't have to tell a big story with that. You don't really know. You don't. I mean, you can just basically, like I said, how they did it in the Justice League cartoon. That's what I'm thinking. Was that she kind of was there? She wanted to help. You know, she wanted to help mankind, but said, "No, nah, you know, mankind's not worth helping." And you just kind of use that. You don't really have to go into a major yeah, origin. See, I, I disagree. I think at the very least, the big three you have go to back, have. You could, but here's the thing: you, you, you've you got to build segue, this. You could segue yeah. into a single movie later and go back to the origin. And that's what I'm thinking. You could do that. No, I, I agree with Mike on that. Right, one. but then she could get t- turned into a throwaway character, like like uh, right. the Black Widow but did. But the thing is, though, Wonder Woman's been around a lot more and has a lot more screen time than Thor ever had. You know, I'm talking like cartoons, right. TV shows, things like that. Right. But introducing, so, but introducing a movieized version of her. To a new audience, because that's what you got to remember. This isn't right. But you all me, of this is every audience person in the world has never heard of Wonder Woman. Like, I'm not saying story? every, right? But if you want to make money, you again, you got to get, you got to get kids you who don't grow up with Wonder that. Woman on there, who haven't grown up with Wonder Woman on there. I, I just think you should always just go back to what they did with Justice League cartoon, the pilot episode. All you had, all you had was people having knowledge about Superman and Batman. Yeah, introduce all these other characters. Very little origin story, and yet it worked really well. And then you could go back and tell those stories yeah. later. So actually, I could, I do see what they're trying to do there. I mean, then you, then you have some, you know, semblance of what you want to do with those movies. They like can go back and kind of like, okay, after Justice League, go back and then maybe tell an origin after. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, 
there, there is, I mean, like I said, it could either go really well or it could go bad. Right, or it could be X-Men like 1, said, where um, they had to introduce everybody within five minutes. And the problem with the Justice minutes. League is, too, is, and they are more, they're more an iconic group than X-Men or Avengers. And I say that because of their popularity of characters. Well, yeah, so it's, you've got to be careful. Iconic. So it's one of those things where is you've got to really pay attention to how, you got to be careful with how you basically run with it. And it's it's like it's it's a very it's like a delicate piece of glass that you got to be careful with, you know. Right. No, I I, I completely understand that. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just saying that if you, that's a lot of money. I think the bottom line is if they rush it, it's going to go bad. Exactly. And let's just we'll we'll basically I think that's where we're all. I think that's they, the point. They are definitely going to come up with Mio Steel two before Justice League. Right, but I think that's going to be kind of the um, that's going to build the groundwork. Well, I mean, they've already started that's building the, idea. They, they, um. You know, they did mention, they did briefly, if you look very really quickly, you do see uh, Wayne Enterprises logo. Right, but that doesn't really pack the same punch as having Samuel Jackson show up at the eye patch no. and go, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. But I think the issue. idea of Superman 2 is supposed to make Superman into a, a symbol that people want to kind of get behind. Well, already, already and in turn, they, other heroes are going to come out of the woodwork to join him. Yeah, I mean. So I think that's the idea that they're. The whole, the they're whole, going the whole kind of monologue of Jor-El saying, like, you know. Uh, you will help them come out into the light. I think that's pretty much right. That's just and you know they're right gonna there. go. They're gonna go back to. They'll, they'll use that again. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. That's Justice League right now. Yeah, but that means that essentially in the third act of Man of Steel 2, they could just leave that door wide fucking open. Yeah. By the way... Start letting people in before that movie's over. Speaking of Man of Steel, just quickly, you know the big uh, terraforming machine that they used? Yeah. I think that was John Peter's spider. Think about it. It's a big machine. That's true. There were three legs on one side, three legs on That's the other. That's true. You finally I think a John... giant spider. And it worked. And there was a polar bear <laughs> in that movie. The Killers in the North. That's true. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So we have run unbelievably long. We are we're cutting away all the segments this week. Even though uh, I do have to tell you that uh, if you want to get a good uh, morning morning buzz, check out the Big Nash Show at www.unregularradio.com. I actually appeared on there last week, giving my review of the Man of Steel. Nice, and it's quite a fun show. Big Nez and Joe Murphy. Talk about a whole bunch of stuff, and man, does Nez hate Paula Dean. <laughs> Apparently everybody does. So, um, anyway, our next episode, uh, we were thinking, and Mike, this was your idea. You can do that one? All right. Edit. All right. Stand up arcades. Want to do that one next? Yeah. No, we'll do that one after that, or? Yeah, sure. We'll figure it out. All right. So, the next, uh, our next episode, as we, as we discuss in committee, um, for you, the audience, uh, we're going to be talking all about stand-up arcade games. That's right. You have to insert money into these games to play them. Ah, uh, just a quarter and you play. Yeah. Not anymore. Nope. No, no. Not like no dollar. more. And I was thinking maybe we should go into the other like odd games you could find there besides the arcades, too. You know, those, like, you know, those like, hockey games you could play. Skee-ball. Yep. So, um, any any memory, fond memories you have of any of those dang, stinky arcades? We want to hear about it. So you can uh, send in your feedback at uh, geeksalad at yahoo.com. You can get to us on our Facebook page, which is just simply Geek Salad. You can um, follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. 
Uh, you can also check out our archives in one of three different areas. One is the iTunes Store. Two is your Stitcher app on your smartphone. But here's something interesting, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this if you use either of them. There's a limit to how many they'll store. Yeah, I'm not on both. I, iTunes used to have our full archive, and now we only get I think about ten episodes on iTunes. Really? Really? I don't know why. Stitcher's only got like five or six. Stitcher, I think, does ten as well. Oh, okay. Um, which you know is hell when we do retro episodes. Yeah. Right. Um. I just actually I just posted episode eleven, our Batman episode. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. perfect companion piece to this. So listen to them both. <laughs> um, but the best way to get the full archive, go to geeksalad.podbean.com/mobile. The mobile Podbean site will give you embedded player versions of each and every show that we have. I didn't even realize I know that. this existed. Well, the, I, I discovered it by accident. And in fact, our friend Dave, mm-hmm. who um, is now going to be a big fan of the show. Oh, awesome. I actually um, NFC'd him the website from our NFC-enabled phones. Suck it, Apple. And uh-huh. um, we, uh, I showed him that. And that way you can just listen to it. It's in an embedded player. All right? So it will destroy your battery. <laughs> But still, nonetheless, you can get our episodes whenever you want and uh, wherever you want. So get that smartphone working. So definitely check out the mobile site. If you can't find it, just go to geeksalad.podbean.com where the archive resides. And just right in the uh, upper right area, you'll see an area for mobile. Tap on that, and it brings you right to the mobile site. Nice. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. So definitely hours upon hours. This is 84 episodes of listening at almost two hours a pop. Like crap. My God, I've spent more time with you. We, well, how many years have we been doing this? We have now? been doing this almost five years. And wow. we have a banner five year episode planned, Michael. Oh, really? Yeah. Just you wait, sir. Just you wait. So, uh, yeah, tons to talk about. So um, I'm figuring with editing, this show is going to go two hours. So thank you oh, for being boy, so yeah. patient. Hopefully, you had a long car ride and or are, <laughs> have been on the toilet the entire time. I have. <laughs> so anyway oh and lastly let's not forget august 15th if you are game rift track starship troopers oh, I, believe, I can't wait i believe the fandango link is now available oh, yeah. we will is post it? that on the website the facebook page and on the uh, twitter page since i placed the kickstarter i get to buy it on wednesday instead of friday shut up <laughs> so enjoy oh god i can't wait i want to see what our turnout is going to be i'm hoping it's awesome yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I think we'll bring a camera. It was nice that the fact that they were able to, they wouldn't do Twilight, but they were very open to the ideas in the near future. Yeah, and they're willing to give them Starship Troopers. And I yeah. think that if this goes well, I think you're gonna start seeing a lot more movies that were supposed to be big movies that flopped. I think you're gonna start seeing a lot more of that coming out. So yeah, I think it was so nice. too. I think there's gonna be a nice partnership there in the future. Mm-hmm. I think I think, gonna make I the think so too. Guys. How how long Huge. do we see Steel? So oh but my! I, but the nice thing is, it sounds like that they're willing to do Twilight maybe in the future when it when the Yeah, (laughs) why hasn't it happened yet? So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later.
Lois, you helped me defeat General Zod. Superman too? But now you know I'm Superman, I... I have to kiss you and make you forget. Why would that be one of your superpowers? <laughs> you should hear yourself sometimes, Lois. <laughs> huh? What? Why am I standing here with Clark Kent when I should be chasing the scoop on Superman? I should really use that power more often. My beautiful hair. I'll never forget how you took it from me, Superman. Adventure Comics number 271. Oh, really? Superman, I'll destroy you. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I can't remember why I hate you. Oh, yeah.